Hi, everybody. Some ways to stay in touch with us is through Untapped and Twitter as Craft Beer Comics, and Instagram and Facebook as Craft Beer and Comics. If you want to support us financially, head on over to patreon.com slash craftbeerandcomics and check out all the levels of support and the perks. Now enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. My name is Chad Terry. I'm the consumer. My name is Jason Smith. I'm the assistant manager here at Astro Zombies. Chris Losek. I'm a manager at Astro Zombies. Robert Palmer. I am the head brewer at Palmer Brewery and Left Turn Distilling. And we'd like to welcome you to Craft Beer and Comics, a podcast. Oh, that's Boom. a meaty one. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Got a little on your shirt there. You got that one everywhere. <laughs> I got it on everything. That was by far the worst one. (laughs) It's because it's a monster of a can. Oh, it's delicious. Holy crap. It is. These are giant. So what did you bring us today? It's a blue corn malt liquor. So we make it with fresh roasted local blue corn from San Juan, New Mexico. Uh, It's a malt liquor style uh, beer. We need paper towels. All kinds. I got it. That means it's an adjunct lager. So there is... uh, when you go by like Colt 45 at the uh, grocery store or a liquor store or whatnot, it is uh, made with cheap corn as a filler to bring the ABV up, the alcohol up. Uh, okay. We use actually real expensive local blue corn to do that. So. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, cool. I like. I always love hearing when people use local, like in local things. We do everything we can to use as much from our own local economy as possible because that's where local. we live. That's right. That's fantastic, man. So, uh, Palmer's Brewery. Tell me a little bit about it. I, I've, you know, I've driven past it before, and I've never really stopped in. It's kind of just on the back. Where's that, uh, Gerard? Gerard and Candelaria, yeah, pretty much, kind of on the corner. Um, started off as a distillery. Brian Langwell started the distillery, I believe, seven-ish years ago, seven or eight years ago. Uh, it was the first craft distillery or the first distillery in Albuquerque. There's a whole I, bunch by you too, right? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of breweries by us now. There's uh, Canteen, Lacumbre, Red Door, Cantero. There's a bunch of them. Um, he had the brewery or the distillery going, and kind of wanted to add beer. And I was over there a bunch drinking his his product and help with bottling and doing stuff like that. And we kind of just rolled with it. And, awesome. Uh, he was he owned the building. He had a machine shop there for the past twenty years. So he had a tenant on the other side of the building. We uh, their lease was up. They moved out. We moved a brewery in, and the rest is history. That's awesome. And how how long has it been there? The the brewery started in was conceptualized in 2015, opened in 2016. So okay, that makes sense then, because I was kind of out of the area around that time. So that's why I'm just now seeing it. But that's that's awesome, man. That's it's it like the area that it's in. Um, like you were talking about, a bunch of bunch of breweries o- have opened there, and it's kind of industrial area, so it's it's perfect for that industrial type of stuff. That area has actually uh, been named the Brewing and Distilling District. So, oh, cool. Uh, the state, the city, and the state were trying to get uh, kind of our own little region for that kind of stuff. Uh, nobody really wants to be downtown. It's kind of crazy downtown, and yeah, those aren't uh, craft beer drinkers downtown for the most part. They're I'm going to help. Hold on one second. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cleaning the microphone because I got beer everywhere. <laughs> yeah. 
You're, there's a special copy of Spy Island in this shop that's covered in beer, everybody. Covered in beer. There. See if you can find it. What does uh, what does CGC put on the label for beer damage? Covered in beer. Beer damage, yeah. It's a 5.5, covered it's in an beer. autographed from us. <laughs> autographed by the beer? From the show. Oh, yeah. So I've been I've been to your, your brewery a few times. Um, the first time I went and saw my friends, like, had a, a CD release party there. The, and we're, oddly enough, I'm wearing the Lords a shirt, which is really yeah. weird. That I'm, this is the first time I'm wearing this shirt in probably a year. And I just randomly wore it today, which is... I'll let Josh know you don't wear it much anymore. Yeah, ever. <laughs> Tell him ever. <laughs> Tell him his band's... Oh, yeah. it's gone. It's actually not his band anymore, but... Oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I, I've always loved the shop because I grew up skateboarding, even though I, I grew up on a farm and I wasn't allowed to skateboard. I was always enamored by skateboarding culture. And uh, as soon as I moved away from my parents' house, I got back into the, to it, uh, just because you know, I didn't have time to skateboard, is what my dad said. And it's not a viable career, he said. And I mean, maybe he was right for me. But yeah, because everything kids do should have something to do with their career, right? <laughs> right. Dude, my dad oh. like took me to Toys R Us once, and I remember I was like seven or earlier, and he's like. Find something educational. I was like, why are we in a toy store <laughs> if I'm looking for something educational? I'm like Logs, six or dude, seven you can build stuff with those things. Yeah. There you go. I had tons of Legos and an erector set. And I still have my erector set screwdriver. I saw it like two days ago. I use it all the time. That's awesome. It's a little mini flathead, and it, go, it gets in small spaces. Nice. But That's besides awesome. that, he just wouldn't let me have any kind of toy anything. Eventually, he kind of opened the doors for G.I. Joe because it was military. And he was cool with that. So, but I mean, literally, I, that's a viable career. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He was in the Navy, you know, I get it. So, needless to say, um, I was not allowed to skateboard nearly as much as I wanted to. So, as a young adult, I broke myself a lot. And that's why I'm so in pain now. Skateboards will do that to you. Yeah. yeah. That's part Love of them, the fun. And that's, right? and that's what you have all up in the brewery, right? Yeah. It's kind of a, I hate to say skateboard theme because it's not themed. It's just, what i've done for the past 30 years and it's been it, the biggest driving force in my life so it's an extension of you right yeah basically, basically. And that's cool. kind of what you want um i started i built a little bar at my house on the west side by little i mean 26 foot long with oh, taps it? and yeah oh, wow is this like um, on the side of the road or in your house or no it's in the it's in the living room so the living room it's a four oh, bedroom house <laughs> bedroom living room i don't know what it is it's got a fireplace and stuff but so a den or a, a great room it's a bar. It's a bar now. A bar. So I had the house appraised once, and the guy's, it's a 2,300 square foot house. He said, he hit me on the appraisal because he said it was an odd sized house to be a two bedroom, two bathroom house. Yeah. It's like, it's four bedrooms, dude. He's like, well, that one's a bar, and this one has a brewery stuff in it. So, yeah, I'm but like, I mean, it's going to be a bedroom. Use your freaking I, imagination. I live there by dummy. myself. I can't sleep in all four, be- all four rooms. So, <laughs> So for the appraiser, you have if for it to be a bedroom, you got to put a bed in there. Well, he told me it has to have a closet. Closet, and I said that one has two closets. The other one has a master bath with a closet. Ooh, and he's He's like he didn't amend the appraisal. I'm like whatever. Oh my god, still appraised for more than I I got an appraiser for you, dude. If you need another appraisal, let me know because I have a unique house as well, and uh, he did me right by by figuring out how to make sure that these things are what they're supposed to be despite their appearance. Because I have a converted garage into a, a basically a great room where I put my drums and my turntables and all my toys and stuff. So it's like my my fun room, and then my son's room is in there too. And so, you know, that was a garage, and now it's another two rooms. Yeah. So it went from being a two-bedroom, 3,000-square-foot house to a four-bedroom, 4,000-square-foot house. 
Yeah, Good. so Rad. that was <clears throat> kind of where the... It's a pain in the ass to heat and cool. <laughs> I'm sure. I had a one-barrel brewery at the house, which is kind of big for a home brew, brew setup and stuff, but I built that bar and then covered it in skateboards because I had three or 400 of them in the closet. Oh, wow. I mean, so... Just from over the years, yeah. Yeah. Used ones? All busted No, all new. Oh, yeah, I rode for a bunch of companies for a long time, and then... They just hand them to you? Just Yeah, and just my friends. You know, my friends would get a pro board out, and they'd send me some just so you hold on to those ones. They mean something. Who did you oh, used to skate for, or who do you skate for uh, now? I skate for American Nomad okay. now, which is uh, Bill Danforth's company. That's awesome. He, I yeah. heard Bill's a cool Bill's dude. my boy. Yeah, I don't know him personally, but I heard he's awesome. Uh, he's a great dude. He's out here a couple times a year, so I'll bring him by next time. Yeah, please do. He'd love to look at some of the records and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, then it got nicknamed Skate Bar. Okay, and sick. Then, so we had Skate Bar forever, and then I opened the brewery, and we're building out the the tap room, and I'm like, well, we need skateboards on the walls because I mean, they're art. Yeah, I know. So I mean, that's uh, that was an interesting thing. You're like, that's why I don't want it to be skate themed because <coughs> right. it's not. I mean, that's like you said, it's an extension of yourself, but on the on the boards, it's all sorts of different art, which is really and cool. Sometimes controversial, sometimes not. I mean, there's some. There's some Santa Cruz boards that I've got at home that come in black wrappers because you can't. Parents don't. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> approve of them, you know. But they're cool. They're good. I mean, I have a set of wheels at home. It was Tony Trujillo's wheels, and um, they didn't sell real well at the skate shops because they're that, Spitfires that and Tony Trujillo's. But I guess he's not a kid anymore. But. Well, three of them were pink and one was brown. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the, I think I get it. I think you, you get where that's going. I get but it. Yeah. So they gave me a They're like, yeah, these aren't selling, dude. You can have some. Oh, but, there you I go. mean, skateboard through skateboarding, they're always trying to, uh, you know, do cool and fun things and express themselves, and that's uh, what skateboarding, I think, is all about. Tony Trujillo is that guy who was on Toy Machine, like his, his no t- uh, antihero. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. God, that kid was. He was like Cardiel's protege on Antihero, and then Cardiel broke his back and. And Tony took over. So uh, yeah, it's, it was it was really interesting. Uh, so you were on our our special edition podcast. Well, we we tasted all thirty six beers, and uh, when we got to talking, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a small world out there. You actually skated. You either skated with or you know a guy that I know from a small town. His name was yeah, Danny. Danny Connor. Me and him were teammates on Sector Nine for. Many oh, you were actual teammates. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool, man. We'd go race downhill skateboards together and stuff like that. Yeah. He's but that's, a good dude. It's it's funny. I mean, just the the way that the way that the world works and how people get connected and how they how they know one another. It's it's insane. Because I think if if I remember right, we knew each other in middle school is where we met each other. Ridgecrest. Yeah, nice. yeah. That place is so cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I grew up in Fontana, California. So okay, I feel you then. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit before we before we started talking about the shop or anything. What is your like? Do you have any sort of like nerd history or or anything like that 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 lends to what 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 we're having you do for the podcast? <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, it was, what we're forcing I, you to do skateboarding. Kind of took majority of my time in my life for the last thirty years. So that's kind of what we did. We went out and fell down, and we had surgeries, and we got better, and we fell down again, and yeah. That kind of stuff. More seems surgeries. like seems like comic books would have been a perfect thing to have while you're recovering from surgeries and broken arms and things. Yeah. Well, usually pressure. we don't take much time to recover. 
Well, that's true. Get back yeah. out there and fall down more. Yeah. You You're just, like, as long as my cast stays right here, I can yeah, still downboard skate. you learn how to fall. You fall with that arm up in the air. Yep. Um, I would skate in my, my foot cast, which was stupid. But it was my pushing foot and my pop foot. So, you know, it did a lot of the work, but it didn't really mind because it was in a cast. Yeah. It was safe. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I guess. Safe fish. Safe fish. I definitely started skateboarding earlier than I should have. You know, the hospital was like, take eight months off. I was like, eight months. Eight months. Whatever. Eight months is a big amount of time. Eight months. I'll be dead by then. (laughs) Exactly. Most I've ever been out is about six months, but I broke my kneecap in half and didn't get it fixed. So I lay low for a little bit. Yikes, man. But you still skate, you're saying? Yeah, Yeah. not as much as I would like or did. Just the business takes most of my time now. I would imagine, yeah. Um, it's good that you still do i feel like that's you like you're saying it's something you were doing the past 30 years of your life and it's not one of those careers that you fall into it's a very like i love doing this and skating is my thing it's not something you just give up i mean yeah yeah it still still shapes your life and it's still it's weird that house i had on the west side with skate bar we'd have all anybody that came to town through skateboarding would just sleep at the house I mean, at any given time, I'd have 14 dudes sleeping on the floors and couches and everywhere. But it's awesome. I can go anywhere in the country and make a phone call and sleep on somebody's couch. Which you know, is really, yeah, that's a awesome. fun way to travel, too. Everybody thinks skateboarders are staying at, you know, the big guys are staying at Ritz-Carlton and shit like that. No, they're sleeping on my floor. Right. Like, but it's good. It's, it's, yeah, because you guys, like, because that's how... Back in the day, I mean, when you were younger, when you were skating, that's how you did it. Like, you traveled in a van together, and you slept in the same place together, and it's almost like a band, right? Moving, yeah, basically. Moving across like a band, a band that hurts themselves all even, the time. Even as kids, you know, like, you would go over to the, the guy with the ramp's house, and you'd have sleepovers, so you just skate as late as you possibly could, and wake up as early as you possibly could, and go back at it. Yeah. So, so is, this, is this the first comic book you've ever read? I mean, cl- pretty close since I was probably a young kid. Okay. I was amazed at the ads and stuff, and they're like, I was like, holy crap, there's ads in comic books. That's cool. Right. <laughs> I don't know if it's cool or not, but it's. Uh, that's yeah. a good chunk of how comic book companies stay profitable is. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. I mean, right. Thrasher Magazine had deodorant ads and shit in it before. Like, it's everybody's got to. I remember as a kid being so enthralled by all the bands that have <laughs> ads in Thrasher. I remember. Oh uh, yeah, music. You know, I was like eight and looking at Thrashers and going, "Who the heck's Bad Religion and Suicidal Tendencies?" While listening to Wang Chung and and Madonna, you know, like because that's what was on the radio and you didn't right. know any better. Um, there's a ninety four rock had a show called Fast Forward, in a long time ago. It was on Sunday nights and they would play underground music that was related. Like I'd see some of the ads for those bands, Jane's Addiction and Sex Pistols and stuff in Thrashers, and I was like, oh. This is where I'm going for sure because this is what the skateboarding dudes did, and then never looked back after that. Yes, so, music's always been a huge part of skateboarding. Yeah, I even, I mean, my you guys are talking about a world that I don't really know much about, but just from my sort of my big exposure to skateboarding is through video games, and that I played Tony Hawk Pro Skater when I was a kid, and I've been playing the remakes the last month or so. Yeah, and. Just the the music in those games, like part of the reason those games are memorable is because of the music. And it's, I feel like skateboarding and music are intrinsically linked. That's they how are. some of those bands made it. I mean, yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Bucko Nine, sure. like who's that? No, it's in the guy that. Oh yeah, I love Bucko <laughs> Tony Hawk video game. You know? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Oh, uh, there's a. I remember the first one came out, Tony Hawk One, and like Dead Kennedys was on that soundtrack, Police Truck, and I was like, oh my god, that they're actually doing it right. You know, where like some games are like I don't know if you remember the old Ocean Pacific skateboarding yeah. game. You know, it was just <coughs> shitty eight bit. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, and you're yeah. like, okay, there's no good music on here. And then uh, what was well, the other one? Uh, they, 720. They have the 720. Skate yeah. or die. God, I was so terrible at that game. I never got good at that game. They were so much fun though. <laughs> I just always get eaten by bees, man. <laughs> that's eaten that's by what bees. you could. Bees. That's why you could play Tony Hawk for so long, is because that soundtrack was going. Yeah, and you're and just you like, it. I don't, I don't care. I'm learning how to do this, and there's music going on. I'm great, you know. So I'm falling all over the place, and Goldfinger's playing. Yes. <laughs> I love Goldfinger, too. Yeah. Um, I remember punk rock and skateboarding were kind of like linked, and they were like together almost. And some guys will, are, are upset that hip-hop has kind of moved in and t- taken over skateboarding as far as their, their musical choices. But I think that hip-hop has the same upbringing and <clears throat> beginnings as punk rock, where you know it was underground and people were doing it because of their situations, and then it started to get popular. And now it is the huge thing it is. And, you know, punk rock experienced the same thing where, you know, you were just doing it because it was different and it wasn't what your parents were listening to or what they wanted you to listen to. Right. I don't yeah. Know. Most of the punk rock bands back in the day all skateboarded too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it went hand in hand. Thrasher, I'm sorry, uh, Suicide Tendencies, you know, Possessed the Skate and, um, yeah, all that stuff. I, man. Cool. I wish I was young and skateboarding all day, every day like I used to. I know. To. I, never, I never got good at it. Like I never I was, got good at it, but I loved doing it. Right. It was fun. But I owned I, a skateboard once. Oh, yeah? What, yeah. what kind was it? Owned I one. don't even remember. Nice. That's my favorite. Actually, when I, when <laughs> I was a I kid, I lived up- It in, wasn't a good one, I'll tell you that. I, I lived up here in the Northeast Heights, and we actually would eventually, because we were on dirt roads, because we had horses, we were like a 4-H family type stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in the we, heights, that blows my mind. So I, uh, right. <laughs> so I took the, uh, the trucks off of my skateboard, and I'd ride it down this dirt hill that we had. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'd do like- Essentially, it was like snowboarding on dirt. It was, it, we would hurt dirt ourselves board. doing that. <laughs> we would hurt Absolutely. That's good little that's good. bits of rock embedded in your skin. All right. It's a yeah. good time. Yep. Well, well, cool. Well, tell me about the shop. Anything good going on this week? Honestly, don't have a lot of... We've had more negative stuff going on than positive stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just we're on Central here, and um, it can attract some interesting folk. Things get weird sometimes. But things get weird and awful. Yesterday, there was, uh, there was a little t- argument outside, and I literally <laughs> just stuck my head out the front door to see what was going on. There was a guy and a girl, and I was kind of like making sure he didn't put his hands on her. And uh, and she looked like she had it under control. She she was a tough chick. Yeah, she was. And she was taking that. Yeah, she she was going to roll that dude. <laughs> yeah. And um, then you were like, I might just watch this and see how it goes. <laughs> That's what I did. I stepped back into the store and I just watched through the window. Well, it didn't last very long, and like he just kind of walked away. He had a skateboard, um, and I, that was my big concern because you know like that can become a weapon, and then we're talking a whole different ball game. So. So I walked back in, and then she came inside, and she kept going, you want to go? And he just, yeah. like, walked away. She was screaming and, that at him. Yeah, and, and like, he did not want to go, apparently. Well, until she came inside, and then she was shopping, and I was on the other side of the store, and then he sticks his head in the door, and he's not wearing a mask. And so right away, I'm going to, like, tell him to put a mask on, but instead he just starts yelling at me, you want some, too? You got a problem? I was like, Wait, what? What are you talking about, dude? And, like, he was saying, like, gibberish nonsense. But as soon as I started to walk towards him, he left. I was like, bro. Like, I think it was one of those things where 
he was just he's just one of those guys who just shouts at the air as he walks by and I think the she thing that he happened to shout as she walked by her, yeah. she took offense to. And I think she was staring what. at things in the window. She was window shopping yeah. in our shop. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So they weren't together. That's they weren't. I thought no, they no, were. They, had, like, they didn't together. really know each other. Okay. No, 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 it was just. It, the, I didn't know the whole story. It was just two ships in the night. <laughs> yeah. yeah, two ships, <laughs> two ships, in, the ships night in the night passing. and one, and the, but they scream at each other as they pass. That one, man, that could have gone so differently for that guy. You know, if he were just nice. Oh man, if he guy. hadn't been an insane person yelling at the wind. Yeah, yeah. Well, we get a lot it. of that. A lot of people walking down the street talking, not on headsets and stuff like on the phone, just literally screaming just at yeah, the air. Central, yeah, Central in Albuquerque, New Mexico is a it's there's it's an eclectic place. Yeah, there's and if you don't know, it's actually old Route 66. So, right, and it's one of the a lot of Route 66 has been shut down um, and is just not even being used. I don't know if you guys have watched that abandoned show with Rick McCrink on Vice Channel. Yep. You know, he he. There's a whole episode where he just goes on the on Route 66 and. Some of it's just trash. There's lots of pools to skate on Route Yeah, 66. yeah, he was saying that. That's super cool. <laughs> lots of hotels that are closed down. There's lots of uh, hotels that are still open that you can... Hop uh, the fence. Yeah. Legally, of course. Yeah, of course. yeah, 100% <laughs> legally. There was one down south, southwest that we used to go to. I don't want to say where it's at. Cause, um, you want to be able to skate it? Yeah, but sometimes you'd be like, hey, you know, we want a room, but we want to skate the pool. And it's 45 bucks for a room. You know, but we want to skate the pool. They'd be like, "How many?" Well, there's four of us. We need two rooms. Okay, we'll take two rooms. We're going to skate the pool. They're like, "All right, cool." That's you awesome. wouldn't sleep there. It was freaking disgusting. <laughs> <Like>, uh, <laughs> you and the roaches are yeah. No, you out. wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't sleep there. But um, it's the kind of place I mean, they can't afford for, to keep. Their it's pool an expensive filled. pool session, yeah. but I mean, yeah. that's what you make the most of it. But no, it's great. It's I mean. It was. Uh, we talked at a bunch of buddies out in L.A. that we were talking about doing an Albuquerque versus California little battle there. Like, rent out the whole place. God's land of ditches, dude. Co- They're gonna lose. Yeah, cost us a couple Just grand saying. and have the place for two days, and that'd be that'd be, no, be great. Oh, that'd be sick. Yeah, yeah. Would you awesome. would you guys film it? Yeah, no, that, that was to. the whole plan. Was cool. Yeah, film it and. So here's something. When I kind of pretty much stopped skating regularly, um, cell phones <coughs> weren't. A thing still. I mean, you had them, but the the readily available video camera was not a thing. So I was never in the filming. Cell phones stuff. ruined skateboard videos. Right. That's what I was thinking. Like they're just. I mean, it used to be take anymore. six or eight months or a year to film your video part for the new video coming out for whoever you're riding for. Right. And you would go somewhere, throw yourself down a double set like a huge handrail or something, and yeah. And then you would save that for your part coming up. Well, now. Everybody's doing that every day. Some kid is just going out there and filming it on his fucking cell phone and putting it on Instagram and Facebook, and then that banger you had for your part is no longer right. It's like oh, okay. oh somebody already did that, and you're well, like, just... but I did it first, but I'm saving it for the part. Like it's right. oh right. yeah, it's kind of made skateboarding videos. It's the in, it's it's not replaced as impactful. It's replaced them essentially. Yeah, but they still have to. I mean, we still want those big video premieres. We still want that thing of everybody getting together and watching it like it's right it's lonely it's, it's watching the in, it's the instant gratification phone. yeah yeah is that you know people are like rather than having the to wait and see all this stuff strung together and edited and put together they just like boom got the one trick <clears throat> there you go i'm releasing it it's there's, like well that's I not just did a double fakey ollie grind so sick yeah there's been a number of videos that change skateboarding like like blind video days when yeah video out. days there's is amazing a bunch of, jump off the building uh a bunch of stuff that 
the girl chocolate video when it came out was like holy shit they're flipping in and out of everything like these videos changed everybody's perspective on skateboarding but it's kind of the videos are kind of going away because everybody goes out there and video days and puts it i mean they film the trick they put it on instagram right then and like well, they live in a different place in a different form. Yeah. Right? But do, do you think it's d- democratized it to where anybody can kind of just get their video out there and then... Of course. The good stuff rises to the top? <clears throat> yeah, but it kind of took some of the fun out of it, too. Like, I mean, it's not... I don't want to watch... I mean, they're having I don't fun. Want, yeah. I mean, well, skateboarding is sure. the fun part, but right. I don't want to sit there and look at skate videos on my freaking iPhone. Like, I want to go to a premiere at... You know, Chinese man and Hollywood where they show this freaking new girl video or something. Like, but, the that next kind of right. but the next generation of skaters are watching it on their phone. Yeah. That's, that's where they're that's they where get, they're going to I'm forty six and my eyes don't work so good anymore. It's just um, the point I'm making is that it's just it's just it seems like it's just changing in that way and no, it's it just is. gonna be it the is. way it is going and, forward. Um, I mean in the seventies nobody knew what was going on until a new issue of Thrasher came out. Right. Yeah. And if you weren't on the West Coast or the East Coast, you weren't getting in Thrasher. Like, you had to be in California or be in Florida to even be in a magazine. I had to subscribe then. to it. I remember I had the subscription. And, oh. and I would but be you're so like, pissed if it didn't show You're up. waiting a whole month till the next one comes right. out. What the fuck are people doing now? You know, like, did you see this? Like, and they're all still images, too. And yeah, it's all exactly. like, I think he did three flips. I'm not sure. Yeah, but, he might have landed it, but right. probably not. Uh-huh. And a lot of the old ones weren't, they were bales. They weren't. Right, because it was about know. getting that trick and then like, okay, well, I'll perfect getting it. Getting a good picture of it. The picture yeah. of it. Well, yeah. then the way things are now, it seems like you can't get away with that sort of no, thing. No, you can't anymore. You have to be landing the trick or the, nobody cares. Yeah, oh, and I sometimes when you're shooting a photo, like, you'll try the trick 300 freaking times. You'll land right. it 10 times. Yeah. And they'll pick the best photo, the best looking photo, whether you landed it or not, because you did the trick and then they'll put you landing it in the video. But right. There's also been so many different advancements and like remember when they started doing the the time lapse where you have like 15 shots and it goes the from sequence. you rolling up to it the sequence shot yeah, that's yeah. right you know and then there's a flip and there's the tail and then there's a flip out and then there's a roll away and you're like oh there's all these pictures it's so it's like watching video and i remember when that first started to happen and you just all of a sudden every ad <coughs> had a sequence shots and you were just like okay well i get this they're not as appealing i mean to me they're cool but i'd rather watch the video of them actually exactly you know they had a real bad trend for a while which was screen grabs from video freaking horrible (laughs) you're like it's always grainy and shitty and yeah (laughs) it's it's blurry and yeah chair just bit me ouch are you gonna turn into chair man if only. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if this was comic book world, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know chair, how my superpowers would be. But is the chair radioactive? Is the what I would do is go into professional wrestling. And then, you know, there they'd you be go. like, no chairs. Oh, and I'd go. be like, or is there? But I am the chair. That's right. That's right. You crap a chair out and hit somebody over the head with right, it. Right, exactly. Oh, represent man. and be like, <laughs> where's that your sounds, chair, sucker? Sounds extremely unpleasant. Yeah. The logistics yeah. of crapping a chair out. <laughs> That would hurt <laughs> really bad. I would think if it's his superpower, it probably wouldn't hurt. Especially if it came out sideways. Yeah. Be naturally, yeah. I mean, not everybody's superpower is doesn't hurt. I mean, you turn into a werewolf. That Wolverine always, hurts every that, time he puts out his claws. That's true, every time. Uh, yeah. Every uh, time. Um, werewolf uh, was... Just werewolf any werewolf. Night. Werewolf by night, thank you. It's um, just any werewolf. That like, hurts. What is it his never, name? It never John looks... Jameson, right? But, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it hurts when he turns into... 
his. I mean, if every depiction of a werewolf I've ever seen, it, it looks like they're excruciating pain. Did you see that uh, um, Jughead, the Hunger cover, where it shows the werewolf face coming out of his mouth? No, but that oh, sounds it's uncomfortable. Badass. Yeah. It's it's creepy. It's one of my favorite covers of all time. It's so cool. I'm gonna pull it up for you guys so you can see it. But anyways, so Palmer, are you? So we were, we were talking about kind of your your non-existent uh, nerd history. You know what I mean? Um, to put He's it, just, I don't know. I was trying to put yeah. it nicely, but it was a weird <laughs> He's way. He's just a skateboarding nerd. Well, right. Nerd. Um, so, but have you seen any of like the Marvel movies, the DC movies, anything I, like that? Not really. I mean, I don't get much into action movies because, like, they're so like kind of so unbelievable that I don't. Oh, okay. And I don't, don't watch much like TV that. or go to the movies or anything. So yeah. All right. Oh, I love that's that. fair that's enough. Painful. So that'll that's what's <laughs> going to be, that's what's going to be fun about this adventure. I think is it, part of part of what this podcast is is it, it's a it's about learning about different cultures and different. Um, Different things that people like, stuff like that. Um, different and interests, different and hobbies. different examples different of nerdism, you know? all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what's cool about the um, about kind of talking to you about how you felt about reading the comic book. And we're gonna get to yours last. Um, that's just kind of the format we do. We start talking with you and want to end talking. Well, that way I can take some of their talking points and be like, "Yeah, I really thought that. right." Oh, there you that's go. That's right. The art here was subpar. Right. Um, but I'm just, I, I just want to let you know, I'm really excited to have you on the show and I'm excited and to be here. I think it's pretty cool. I read a comic book today for the first time in a really long time. Super rad. Did you enjoy it? No, I did. Yeah. I thought it was okay. cool. I got a this little is lost an interesting with one the ads, but to do, uh, because there's some history behind this book and we'll talk about that when we get into it. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I don't know what's going on. You didn't. And but neither did I got, any of us. Yeah. 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 It's, I'm like, Ooh, who are these people? In yeah, hindsight, it was save an, it, save in, it because yeah, we'll get in, into that. Yeah. In hindsight, it was an interesting choice for our everybody reads it pick, but I think it'll have some. I think we'll have some interesting things to say about it. Yeah, that's the that's the Snickers ad that throws you off. I know, Honestly, I, like, I, I hate those. <coughs> I'm like, how do we get to Pen- Pennsylvania? The art's okay, different, cool. and the the, the yeah. text is different, and everything's different about this part of the comic book. And oh, it's a Snickers commercial, and like, it's oh. a two page ad. Yeah, Snickers satisfies though. That's it. Really satisfies, man. Like you're not yourself. <laughs> Does do you want to do you want to get a Snickers more by the end of that two pages than you did at the beginning of them? No. Yeah, hmm, well, it's not doing no, its job. It's not a very successful ad, though. Yeah, I don't. I don't eat sweets much, so. Well, you're not yeah. the target audience then, I guess. Indeed. Except for this sweet, sweet beer. Sweet, sweet, delicious malt liquor. Malt liquor doesn't have to suck. And everybody, like... I really like this a lot. It's our flagship beer, and everybody's like, oh, malt liquor? Just try it. It's not... It's not St. Eyes, dude. Like just yeah, it's it's not have some. old it's, E. Yeah. It's it's delicious. I the was, adjunct that I add to it, which is the fresh roasted local blue corn, makes it the malt liquor. So and you were saying it's because they use cheap corn, and that's what gives it that kind of harsh roughness that a normal like yeah. a Mickey's or an old E does. And when you told me it was a malt liquor, I was like, oh, okay, we're in for it. Yeah. And I'm slamming Who's this beer, fighting and who? it's a big one. Yeah, so good. So <laughs> hold my hair when I'm puking, guys. No, I will. Oh, that's messed up. I'll hold your hair. Thanks. I'm there. I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, Chris, uh, what uh, what did you read this week? All right. So I struggled with what <laughs> I was going to read. I'm Sorry. also here to listen to what you have to say about your comic. <laughs> you almost I spoiled it. I, I didn't want to spoil it. <laughs> so we did a review on a book called Spy Islands a few weeks ago, and um, we all really loved it. It was 
Yeah, super the, good. The first issue was super fun. So when the second issue was coming out, I was on board, and we all said we were going to be on board. So I grabbed it, and I read it last night, and let me tell you that I was a little disappointed. Okay. So you are picking a, you picked a book that you didn't like very much, yeah. which is an interesting choice. I, so I, I fell asleep reading a few times last night. You know, it was one of those things where I was just, I, I got through about eight books, and on the eighth one, I was like, oh. <laughs> I gave up about halfway through my stack, too. Like yeah, it was, it was a big week, guys. There was yeah, a lot of comics to come by. Yeah, today. big week and long comics this week. Batman 100 was oversized, and so was my book that I'm talking about this week. It's so it was a big week and an expensive week at that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're a subscriber, it was. It so were all these new comics that just came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't. The format the, is we review several comic books that are brand new this brand week. Brand new. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we we'll we'll stray from that every once in a while. Um, review a graphic novel or something, but we try we want, to stick with the new ones because we want people to come in and pick check out the new comics. Sure. So. Yeah. So this is a uh, created by Chelsea Kane and Liam Mitternick. Uh, written by Chelsea Kane. Leah Mitternick is a uh, graphic designer, and she does the the stuff that's not comic booky. I'm pretty sure that she's the one that deals with that stuff. That's and right. Then, I um, forgot about that. The artist is Elise McCall. Now they all worked on a book called Man, uh, man, man Eaters, right? And it's about uh, you know when she's you, a man eater. Whoa, here she comes. Yep. Anyways, and it was a really fun book, but we all had the same kind of dislike for one thing in the book which was they have all this extra kind of supplemental stuff ads um layouts of of escape plans and things like that and the first spy islands didn't do a lot of that this book takes the turn like man eaters does to where it is egregious to a point where there's just a little bit too much of that extra stuff and I felt that it took me out of the story several times, but then when the story was there... It breaks up the pacing. Right, it's, right. Yeah. And I felt that um, Wolverine number 6 did the same thing. Chad, you would have hated Wolverine number 6 this week because there's three different pages of that Hickbin type stuff. Oh, and I skipped all of them. I was I barely hung on for Wolverine this week, which it, it, sucks. It was the I've worst really of the series, of the of the run so far, I felt. Yeah. Um, I read this, it all. It's the X of Swords event. And, yeah, yeah. And X of Swords is literally taking place in every single X-Men book. So do you think they're wrapping up this whole Hickman thing with the Sex of Swords? No, I think it kind of felt like I that. I think this is the this is the midpoint. Okay. That's my that's my thought on this. It okay. feels very much like a this is sort of our our event in the middle and then the big finale will be later. Wolverine 6 I felt like I had to be reading all the other X-Men stuff to get what was going on. And I here's really why depressed. I think here's why I think that is because on Hickman's Avengers run he was writing both Avengers book. He was, books at the time. He was writing Avengers, and he was writing New Avengers. And it led up to this event called Infinity, yeah, which is like this big galactic war, and Thanos was involved, and it was a lot of fun. I actually really liked that series a lot. And then it culminated, and that was about halfway through, and then it culminated in that uh, Secret Wars book. Oh, the Secret Wars, right? Yeah, where the universes like collapsed in on each other. And <clears throat> keep in mind, Secret Wars is different from Secret War, which was the one that happened in the eighties. Yeah. Um, Marvel Comics presents or Marvel Comics. It's just Secret, it's War, just Secret War. Well, no, it, if you look it up in anything, it actually says Marvel Comics something. Marvel Comics. Presents it's not presents Secret though, because War. that's a different book. 
Marvel but, Comics. Yeah, it's literally not called Secret War. Marvel, Marvel Comics. That's the title. Read. Right, right, yeah. exactly. And this so. book, though, was Spy Island. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we're way far out. We're going back. This is how we do it. It's kind of <laughs> so Spy Island, the Bermuda Triangle Mystery. Um, You can ask Jason yesterday. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to start collecting this book and, and getting into it. Um, Just because I love there was an alternate cover with a Kraken on it. And I, I'm a big fan of the cracking yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's a giant uh, sand, a sand flea. Yeah, sand flea. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we get into this book, and the way it ended was her sister had landed on the islands. They have this islands where they do fundraising <clears throat> for mermaids, and you don't really oh, right. see mermaids until the very last page. And you're thinking, you know, aerial mermaid, but it turns out that the mermaids are like man-eating, like monsters. horrifying monsters. Yeah. yeah. Um, they are not pleasant. You find that out on the very last page of the first book. Of the first one. Damn, so you kind of at the last page. Oh no, this <laughs> is the last page of the second book, though. So you're good. So, so you know, you had these expectations of we're going to get into the mermaids and you're going to find out all this stuff. It kind of doesn't go into much of that at all. It, it's it feels like the mermaids are a setting kind of th- or like a background kind of thing, right? I don't think they're the main story of this. Definitely not, but they, they drive the story. Um, when you open the first page here, it's got a little map, and I don't know if you've ever been to Disneyland or uh, Magic Mountain or any of those places where you get a map and it's got little dots <clears throat> and then a key and it shows you all the dots. It's so a, right away there's... It's a park map. It's a park map, yeah. exactly. And and so the island tourist map is, is a picture of the island that, where they do these fundraising things. And it's all this MI6 secret spy... Like the people who are invited to these parties are kind of assholes, for lack of a better term, uh, and and it's because they have money and they're interested in this type of stuff. So it, show, it starts with a little kid who's German on the beach, and it starts. The narration is about how to look for the proper mermaid tooth, and they kind of look like shark teeth. There's all kinds of different representations of different mermaid teeth, including one that looks like just a human tooth, but most of them look like shark teeth. Um, so the humor of this scene, I actually really enjoyed. Yeah. It's he's literally they they're giving all these rules about how to safely find mermaid teeth and the kid is literally doing exactly the opposite in every panel that they say, you know, do this thing and he's literally doing the exact opposite. Scan the ocean <laughs> debris for teeth while walking the water line and the kid's like straight up in the water and then he's the, a kid. every yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. And every panel has a narration <laughs> and then of what not to do and the kid is literally doing that exact opposite. It's like those old videos. Don't jump your skateboard over a fiery right. pit. That's so what you, you guys can, do. We need a lot of fire. <laughs> Somebody needs to ollie this fire. So, <laughs> needless to say, there's all this. You know, this kid is doing all this stuff, and and it's obviously a soft open for the worst thing that's possibly going to happen. You know, the kid's fate is is sealed already. You know, uh, <laughs> he's looking through the beach, and there's all this this other cool stuff that's washing up on the beach, like a Faberge egg and a prehistoric megalon tooth. Uh, the Ring of Invisibility, which is, you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> Lord of the there. Rings yeah. reference. I thought it was pretty funny. I am a little loud. The Crown Jewels of Ireland, Scepter of Dagobert, which I'm not familiar with that. But so it's pretty cool. And then, of course, and then watch out for the big waves. And, of course, there's a giant mermaid that's about to inhale this child. Ooh, look at that. She's not cute at all. Is no, she? no, no, no. I mean, not. you don't hey, know hey, what hey, she hey. looks like underneath that, <laughs> that. I mean, what if she has a great smile? Chad's really into her. You Just know? saying. I can see her smile. It's not great. <laughs> that's not a smile. That's a rage. Yes. Yeah. But needless to say, um, it goes into the the family, uh, the the sister dichotomy, and them talking, and then it gets weird and confusing. And then every other page, there's a 
a piece of that graphic artist yeah, this edition that kind of pulls you out of the story every single page. And that's where I had problems, you know. And and then the first issue, they were fun and they were entertaining. And for example, the page you're on here, it's the the contents of the sister's purse. And it was just boring. Yeah, there's not a lot that's <laughs> I great. was like, okay, I was looking for the joke and it, there's not a joke here. It's just a yeah. a wasted page that takes me out of the story. I don't think it's She's a wasted got like page. like a pistol and, and a cassette tape and a Zippo. Yeah, yeah. I get what they're going for and I like it. But it definitely takes you out of the story. I think that these would have been maybe is the is that um, that lotion looks like sun tanning lotion. Is it's that called the Itch Be Gone? And the Itch Be Gone is the, the advertisement that's on the back, back yeah. of the cover. It, it's creative. Don't get me wrong. All this right. stuff is is pretty funny. It's super creative. But when you're doing a comic book, pacing is a big part of what you're doing. You know, it, it's a story. It, it it runs a certain way. And and it's it's got to keep you interested and involved. And this book, unfortunately, has too many breaks. Some of it's good, but I mean, this is literally a two-page a splash. Two-page call the Kraken a drink ad. Yeah, There's it's cool. a drink. It's a drink menu. <laughs> I think the funniest is the Virgin Semen, could, which is a drink virgin for kids. Semen. First off, you're not going to have kids on this damn island. It's like <laughs> I a, did like this one, though, the one in the bottom left. The existential dread, bartender's yeah, choice. Bartender's you're like, choice. yeah, that's, that's scary. <laughs> These could be good ones, Palmer. The pink orgasm. Right. The pink orgasm. Do the pink orgasm. It's just champagne and Bacardi. I think for I think for 2020 we need the existential dread. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Um, the virgin I semen I would totally get though, just because it's it's served in a skull, and they don't say a pretend skull. It's a skull recovered by native divers. The which name means it's a legit it's human skull. <laughs> the name is horrible, skull. dude. Uh, yeah, virgin semen. Horrible. It's on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> semen spelled S E A M A N because of. Yeah, the water. Semen. Yeah, they're yeah. You, you, men you of the sea. Terrible, terrible people. Needless to say, um, I'm not going to go much further. There's a crack in... It, it shows that this island used... It's a tourist spot. And people would come to the island and you used to have this little tour. But then a whole bunch of... 52 people died when they accidentally really summoned the Kraken. Because it's all a farce where they summon the Kraken, but it's fake and it's just fun. Well, they accidentally really summon the Kraken because... The Kraken aren't supposed to be in this warm of water, blah, blah, blah. And then one brave Kraken decided to go out into the water and kill all these people. And so they've kind of had a hard time keeping tourism and things of that nature. Um, it goes in the dichotomy of the, the, of the sisters, and then it kind <coughs> of talks about the British MI6 guy and the other spy girl who's a protagonist, their relationship, which isn't a relationship at all. And then it freaking ends, dude. And Yeah, and it... When it ended, I was like, wait, this is the last page? Oh, right, right. Is there I expected more? a page turn into another thing. Yeah. It literally... Be, being a comic book virgin, yeah. per se, um, are they usually start to finish in one book, or are they no. usually a series? Like, is there well, there's something so, called one-shot, and the one-shots will do that, and also okay. annuals. Back in the day, when you were reading comics as a kid, that's kind of how they were. Yeah, yeah. And like, it was so. because they didn't have places like this, which... The direct, the quote direct market. They it was it. They st- were still selling through newsstands and okay. through like spinner racks at convenience stores, and so there was really no guarantee that you were going to be able to f- even find the next issue, much less read it. So it was, a lot it, of comics were more self-contained. Seemed like whereas uh, nowadays. Uh, so we were, right behind me, you're seeing a whole wall of graphic novels. Yeah, yeah. And this is sort of 
what's what dominates the market <coughs> now. And so now they write comics for the graphic novel format. Which I so I always thought graphic novels were what like old ladies led to or old ladies read to <laughs> oh, so those are romance novels. Yes, but graphic <laughs> sometimes they is can be like graphic, better. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I always thought graphic novels were just penthouse forum. It's actually, yeah. it's actually. I mean, that's a good point. I think graphic novel did get a for a long time. People outside of the comic book world had they were like, "How graphic is it?" Yeah, I don't know right. if I want to see. I don't. I can't <laughs> leave was, this laying around for my kids. Right, that's what it was. Yeah. But you were like, "No, it's it's the graphics that are in it. It's a." It's a picture book. No, that, that's and I totally agree, which is why I actually prefer to call them trades. Trade paperbacks. Right. Yeah, trade paperbacks, because yeah. you avoid that uh, misconception altogether. Yeah. Well, but, unless you just hand them Saga. Here, here's a graphic novel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, or Mouse. So yeah. they nowadays they'll write stories in like four, five, six issue arcs that were that are designed so that they can collect it into one of these, and then they can sell that can sell these again, basically. Yeah, right, yeah, they so put it down in single-issue form, which is the same concept as, like, a sitcom television where you have one episode and then there's a cliffhanger. Yeah, and then, and then the, next the next episode. episode. Okay, right, yeah. and, and, and not all sitcoms do that. Sometimes it's just one episode is one story, and then the next episode's a different story with the same people. Um, comic books can take that form, but for the most part, they have transferred into this new style where it's four, five, or six like story arc issues oh, yeah. to make okay. one story. There's still the cliffhanger in there. Sure. But it makes one whole story. And then three months after the story's done, or sometimes nowadays it's like the same week, um, then you can get it in the trade paperback slash graphic novel so you get the whole thing. Okay. Because there's different types of readers now. Before yeah. you had to read it like that, and so that's how it was. Yeah, I don't know if this is enough. Like one of these is enough to keep me... Right, and like, that's like, oh, that was then, minutes of my then life. maybe I, you would be somebody I've who's got an more, hour and a half to do nothing. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Right. Right. right, Then you're then maybe you're the sort of reader who's more inclined <clears throat> to just check it out in graphic novel form when it comes out that way. And the turnaround time, like Chris was saying, on like when these get collected into graphic novels, is get seems like it's getting shorter it's and shorter. Cool. All the time. But sometimes, and and this is because of the COVID thing, probably. But some books have finished in graphic novel form before. The, the last. I- last issue has come out, and I'm like, what "Yeah, the hell are well, you I didn't doing? know that. You're not going to sell those issues, bro. Like, right? Exactly. I'm not going to sell minute. my yeah. comics yeah. now because of this. Um, but that's a. I mean, that's a consequence of COVID, and they're, they're, everybody's the, just everybody's just doing the best they can right now. I'm the kind of guy like I didn't watch Game of Thrones till like season eight or some shit, and then I could like not have to. So, you, so wait, you're one of like, the oh man, you know, wait till the next one comes out. I can just freaking. Netflix and I would I would venture to say TiVo TiVo kind of started it where you can record your show. Watch you don't have to leisure, be yeah. at home on that night when it happens because you know TV used to <coughs> to run people's lives. You know you would build your life around making sure you didn't miss your favorite show. Got to be home at eight o'clock for the news. Right. I remember yeah. we would turn off the phone um, at the Wellesley House because the Simpsons run. We were all home. Phone is unplugged. Door is locked, and if you're at our house in that half hour span, you get to sit out there for another half hour. Yeah. Yeah. or the commercial break. There was no interrupting. You know, always, now it's always like running during the commercial break too. Yeah, yeah you're running to the fridge to get more beer, and you're checking on. Yeah. Speaking okay. of beer, what did you say the percentage on this beer was? Seven. Seven. Seven? Yeah, I'm feeling. You're it. feeling it. <laughs> yeah, that's why we split one. <laughs> I, I'm glad you. It used to be eight, but I knocked it down to seven because such a nice guy. I want, Nobody wants malt liquor in a small pour. 
eight is like kind of that you're getting to that ABV where maybe I should give them a 12 ounce glass instead of a pint or something. Oh, right. You know, like so. Right. Yeah. Nobody wants but it a doesn't, 10 it, ounce of malt liquor. It doesn't have that like strong alcohol aftertaste no, it doesn't, or anything. No, it, it doesn't, doesn't feel like, like, like it, it at all. This is, this is great. It's sneaky. Yeah, it's trouble. Sneaky, and yeah, then, yeah, for sure. This beer is delicious. Like, it has like a sweet, it's like sweet on the front and the back. <laughs> That's the corn, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Anyway. So I'm going to so wrap up Spy Island. Yeah, Netflix. Spy Island. Um, I am going to read number three because I still want to know. Uh, but I was let down a little bit by this issue. It wasn't as good as the first issue. It wasn't as funny. Like, the the extra stuff was pretty funny for the most part. But it's just like Maneaters where it's, it's a little hit or miss. And the story just really, I felt like it was the afterthought. Maybe. And that's and that's was my criticism of this is I was... It seemed like they were really focusing on the like we're making this clever joke with this graph with this graphic design right. piece, right. and I was just I was just waiting for the story to come through, and I don't feel like I got that by the end of the second issue, especially I, how it ends. So when you read the third issue, do do me a favor, do yourself a favor, do us all a favor. When you see those, skip them. Just just read the core story, right? right. And see yeah, if yeah. see if that changes at all. And then when you're done, be like, oh, that was that was fun. Let me go back and I'll look at all these different things that they were trying to add into it. Because then you already have read it, and then you can be all like, oh, I get it. That's why the pistol was in her purse. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's totally. the thing, though, is it's all one. It's you have to you have to evaluate it as an, as a whole, and if that breaks up the pacing and takes you out of the story, then that is a problem. Right. right. No, I agree with and that. I, yeah. That's why I was saying, try it a different way to just see, because you can read comic books. My main you want. thing, True. I, I was ha- enjoying the book, but I, f- I felt that it was a little convoluted. It was a little confusing. Okay. And then at the end, you're, it, it, I mean, it's literally, it's not even like the last page and then the, 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 the editor's notes or anything if, like that. It's literally on the back of the, yeah. Oh wow. Cover that's pretty unique. It's the last page. It feels like it just ends in the middle of a scene. <coughs> yeah. There's no cliffhanger. There's no it's there's not a there's not a carefully carefully paced cliffhanger. It just sort of ends in the middle of a scene. I just figured something out though, just now. Hiya Pops. I was wondering if you were ever going to say hello. So this is the sister and that's her dad. So it does end up. So it ends up like a little bit, and that is yeah. the, and that is the mime guy that's sort of showing right. up. In, in the first issue, there's a splash page that shows all these random people at this fundraising gala, and there's like Google and uh, it just shows all these people <laughs> that are showing up basically to steal information from each other. Yeah, they're all they're all suspect of each other. And Doug. And Doug. And Doug. And then there's a mime who's kind of behind the tree, and eventually she talks to the mime, and the mime talks back to her, which is funny. You're like, okay, this is cool. Well, it turns out that it's their dad. And spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. That's the biggest spoiler ever. That's okay. For this. I mean, it, we've talked about yeah. it. Like, right. Well, People I just, get mad at spoilers sometimes, and it's just like, whatever. Well, here's the thing. It, that reveal didn't have any pizzazz. Yeah, there's yeah, no it's, it's emotional weight behind it, because we don't... She is, it's not like she talks about her. And it's also the exact same cliffhanger as the first one, because the cliff, first cliffhanger, it's like, oh, that's her sister. Oh, my God. Because and this one, oh, well, that's, and that's, it's that's cla- what it does. Dad. Is it cuts to black? It's right. it's classic storytelling. You have <laughs> to you have to tell some sort of backstory or have the main character give some sort of 
reason why her father's showing up. Yeah, we have no idea if they love would, would have dad some or sort hate of dad or what. Yeah, he's just all of a sudden he's just there, he's and the we mind. don't know what the emotional weight of that is supposed to be, and that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, I agree. As far as the well, story speaking goes, of like, in my opinion, as like with stories like that, like you're saying, you need that, you need that backstory, you need all that information. You read number eight hundred and fifty. Tell us about the I backstory. <laughs> <laughs> so my book this week is. Um, <laughs> It's Jesus. Amazing Spider-Man right. number 49, legacy numbering 850. Hate that. Yeah. Um, I would rather it just have the legacy numbering, but this is the world we live in, so here we stupid. go. So stupid. Um, so, amaze- for those people who don't know, I am a huge Spider-Man fan. I am, I am a Spider-Man guy. He's my favorite superhero, and I'm always going to be jazzed for a new issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Um. The current run, uh, been he's it's being written by Nick Spencer, who is I think he's perfect for Spider Man. He he has this sort of I think that his strength in writing is this comedic style of storytelling that also has emotional weight to it. He what really got my attention from for him was he wrote a an. A, he wrote an Ant-Man run about Scott Lang a, a few years ago, about the time the first Ant-Man movie came out. It's called Astonishing Ant-Man, and it was good. Like it was, it was really good. It it showed the sort of, it showed Scott Lang as a complicated character who wants to do the right thing, but he's kind of a screw up, and he gets involved in kind of <clears throat> with kind of the wrong sort of person. Scott Lang, yeah, no way, yeah. It I happens. mean, the former thief yeah, right. has, is a poor judge of character. Um, <laughs> he makes bad decisions. Hmm. But that was sort of what got my attention with him. And then he had this run on, like, he's the guy who did that run on Captain America that the Hail Hydra, the infamous Hail Hydra thing. Oh, Secret Empire? Yeah, he Ooh. wrote he wrote that Captain America run, and then he wrote the subsequent crossover event, Secret Empire. And I think that put a really bad taste in people's mouths for him with him, (laughs) Um, which is interesting that they took for something that was that controversial for Marvel to then take that guy and put him on amazing Spider-Man, which is, which is like a probably should be their most important book. Yeah. It's a flagship book for them. Yeah. It's, it was an interesting choice, but I think it was the right one because I think this sort of tone, the tone that Spider-Man requires is the right thing for him. So I've been I was excited to to start reading this when it first came out and now that we're 49 issues into this with this being a sort of landmark 850th issue for Spider-Man. Are we going to get a triple double size for number 50 as well? I hope because it's one issue away. I don't, I don't know that my budget can withstand it. Because <laughs> uh, let me tell you, it was an expensive week of comics for me. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's so that's what comic books like to do. They like to celebrate <clears throat> certain numbers, right? Especially twenty fives, fifty. Especially in the superhero side of things, it's right? Very so those are bigger books and obviously more expensive books. Yeah, this yeah. is a ten dollar book. Um, it's most comics are thirty two pages. How many ones is this one? Oh know, like gosh, I'm not even sure. That looks yeah. 50, his, 32 his book looks bigger than mine. It may, it may be 100 pages. <laughs> it's okay. It's sure. all right. But if you look it at is, his, just look at bigger. his spine. His spine is more sturdy than yeah, yours. It's a premium well. format. Look at that. Call it. And honestly, good I've, been wait, I've been waiting for Marvel to do this with the with their stuff and fo- sort of follow suit with uh, with DC. They 
finally did the square bound yeah. on the yeah. on the the, premium on an oversized book. And I, I just think it, it's so much better. That commands that it's, $10 It's a price different tag. process, and I think that's why they just didn't do it. You Honestly, know? they have a process where it's... I'll pay, I'll, pay 10 bucks for the, I'll pay 10 bucks for the book with the square-bound spine because it just holds up better. Right. Um, but anyway, so this book is written by Nick Spencer. Um, there's a bunch of different artists on it. There's uh, Ryan Otley, uh, who uh, is of... Invincible fame that book, the superhero book that Robert Kirkman did, that is uh, about to get a Amazon animated and series. And so Otley's doing the run right now, though, right? Yeah, he's sort of so he's the main artist for this amazing. book. This book is twice monthly right now, which not there's an, there isn't an artist alive who can keep up with that sort of pace. Too much. So they 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 usually switch off artists per with with each arc. So an artist will bank up the whole arc, arcs worth of uh, issues, and then they'll deal with that. And then while the next guy's stuff is coming out, then they'll bank up that next arc. Do you think that the bi-monthly ideal is just a cash grab? It absolutely is. I hate that. I, I hate it too. I wish I wish stuff a lot of stuff would just come because a lot of my a lot of the big popular things are coming out bi-monthly right now, and it's just. One of the it's brutal for it's brutal for artists, and frankly, it's brutal for my pocketbook. So, uh, so comic books come out on a monthly basis, <coughs> and they're okay. starting to do this thing where they're they're doing it twice a month, by monthly. Yeah. And what happened was uh, DC started started. They're like, oh, we're going to keep our comic books at two ninety nine. Marvel, you're at three ninety nine. We're going to be the cool guy and be two ninety nine. But also twice a month. But yeah, so you got to buy twice as many. So it's so you're buying really six cheaper. to the four. Yeah. But that only lasted for like a year, and yep. then they just put their stuff back up to f- to three ninety nine anyway. Yeah, right now they're so, both the same price. And it's, now they've DC's been doing this thing where they where certain variants are cardstock variants, and yeah. they're four ninety nine cover price. So the the and the I think cost I think of comics are 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 starting to just. I, I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to find where they're viable and where they're not because like we were talking about with the skateboarding, right? You uh-huh. have kids that have their phone and they're like, boom, got it done. Moving on. So comic books are moving to a digital format where you just have them downloaded. You wake up in the morning and you can scroll through and read your book. Some but people enjoy that, but there are purists. But there's people like that are collectors too that want that and right. not like, yeah, on a digital format, like right. digital format for me this. is, it's I want to, I want it in my hand. I want tactile, be able to look at it. I want to put it away on the shelf or something. You know, I don't. The whole digital thing for me is, and I'm old. And I'm right. shit. I'm forty six, bro. Like, and you know what? <laughs> and you know what? Most of the comic book community agrees with you because the digital comics have never been able to to garner more than like ten percent of the market. And you take the whole collector bit out of it. If yeah. It's digital, right, right. you know. Records are experiencing the same thing right now where, you know, in the early 2000s, the whole aughts, the early aughts, it was MP3. And nobody cared about cover art and nobody cared about lyric yeah. sheets and nobody cared about whole albums. They were like, oh, I've got iTunes and I just downloaded a new single from Katy Perry and that was it. And that's all they cared about. So needless to say, now albums are experiencing this huge uptick in popularity because people are going back to that tactile feel and and it's a lot of retro nostalgia and you have it like your and it's collectible. your phone crashes you, you don't it. have shit anymore like that's that. right i want uh my what wife just mean? spent a bunch of money when we moved on a super high-end record player and these little speakers 
to play no. it, but those little speakers were like freaking two grand or something. What kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, were they Bose or no? They're Audio Technica. No. Techniques. Yeah, I don't remember. Harman Kardons or something. I don't know. They yeah, were, that would make sense. Or clips. Speakers don't need yeah, to be four feet tall anymore to be good. No, and they yeah. and they sold her like speaker cables. I think the speakers sit two feet from the freaking record player and the receiver. But they sold her like speaker High cables for like three hundred bucks. Yeah. But they're like oh. you, those speakers need these speaker cables and whatever. It sounds amazing. They and may I just, actually. Do need those? Though. I have like yeah. Billy Nelson records and shit that I play on. Yeah. Whatever, like <laughs> like small punk snap, rock stuff. Pop, but pop. yeah, <laughs> but I, I love it. I mean, I love that I can put a record on. I love that I have to get up and flip the freaking record over. Like, I I don't know what record player she bought. It's a Techniques or something, but it's one of the high end ones. But it doesn't have the like auto go back. And yeah. I'm like. You spent all that money and I got to go yeah. fucking back and flip the record over. <laughs> My like, 1200s, I mean, like, you know, yeah. DJ turntables, they don't do that because it gets in the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I need to come over love to it. your place and listen to my Dark Side of the Moon on your system. You should do it. That would be rad. You should do and it. And I think there's a similar <coughs> thing with, with comics. It's That's what I mean. You want to collect it. You want to yeah, have it, not just like... You want to collect like, it and you want to have my... it and you want to grab variant covers. And I mean, I this is a $10 Spider-Man book. I bought the A cover and I bought a variant cover, so I spent twenty dollars on Spider Man this week on the same, on the same book com- with yeah. different covers. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they knew that guys like me were the perfect mark for that, and they were right because I totally did it. <laughs> and they were right. Yeah. Big, <laughs> Big Brother Skateboard Magazine magazine used to do that. They do different covers, and uh, so you'd have to buy Big both. Yeah. <laughs> I used to love Big Brother. Larry Flint bought Big Brother. Yeah, I know. That's when it went down, too. That's when it started sucking. But Yeah, no, absolutely. I remember there was nudity and funness in that magazine, and then when Larry yeah. Flint bought it, it was like they started censoring things. The magazine and, was a shit show. It was awesome. Yeah. I remember uh, Johnny Knoxville. The first time I saw Johnny Knoxville was in Big ex- Brother. You got to expand that uh, customer base by censoring it a little bit. <coughs> I mean, he's right, but that doesn't mean it's good. There was already yeah, good skateboarding it. magazines out. They, we didn't need another skateboard. Yeah, we already had Trans Big World, Brother was like Thrasher. Big Brother came out when you know Jackass was starting I, to film I and would, stuff like that. I would so. be interested that. to see when the when the magazine became profitable, and I'm guessing it was probably when they started censoring. I don't think so because probably, everybody but. jumped off that book, and then it ended pretty quick after that. I remember I was gonna say, you just said it that and it lasted went down. a few years. Yeah, everybody bounced. Well, that ga- that gamble was was a wrong one, but anyway, as I was yeah, I was sorry. saying, like there there were like ten or something variants for this, and somebody and there are guys out there who will buy every one. All ten. I'm raising yeah. my hand. Oh, yeah, did yeah. you? If, if it was a Wolverine book, yeah, yeah. If it I was a Wolverine book, yeah. he would buy every cover. I buy everything I can find for Immortal Hulk. I buy everything I can find for Wolverine. And fr- and luckily, I'm lucky. I'm <laughs> lucky. <laughs> you're lucky. You're not lucky. That guy. I'm not a, a completionist because I would have done the same thing if I if I felt. I that can't tell you Spider-Man's how many Boba Fett figures I have. They're exactly the same, but they've got a different card. They're different packaging. Like, yeah. the, it's the same figure. It's the same damn the, figure that, every uh, time. That Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary that you got back there. Yep, you heard me. Is literally the, it's the same Black Series I figure. I have four other versions of that same figure with the same Black Series figure. Different yeah. box, different card. Anyway, um, so Spider-Man has been in the story arc right now dealing with uh, Sin Eater, which is this crazy villain that I think he really only had sort of one big arc in the 80s. He did. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that sort of led into the Venom stuff, didn't it? 
Uh, it was, yeah, it was right yeah. before it. it. Well, and the reason Eddie Brock hates Spider-Man is because of the whole Sin Eater debacle, right? <clears throat> right, right. The uh, He was faking the, the pics. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then Peter, and Parker Peter Parker exposed squealed. him. Yeah. And he so he hated Peter and he hated Spider-Man. And when the symbiote came to him and revealed him that they're actually the same person, there that he, you know, that was... Eddie Brock was already working out to try and be as strong as Spider-Man so he could fight Spider-Man, which is ridiculous. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, and that's that's why Venom is a little bit stronger than Spider-Man because exponentially his human host was stronger than the original yeah. human host. And that's how they got away with making Venom the badass equal or better than Spider-Man bad guy. And I always thought it was so cool that because the symbiote had been bonded with Spider-Man, his, it didn't... <coughs> It's immune to his spider sense, which I is w- crazy. I always thought that was a cool detail about Venom. But anyway. It's it's the way... So Spider-Man's like catch-all is his spider sense knows if something's bad. Just like Wolverine can smell danger. You know, like he can smell... He can just tell if you're not really who you are. Yeah. You know, Spider-Man, same thing. His spider sense is going off. He's like, something's weird about this. That's how he can dodge bullets. That's how, you know... That's why Spider-Man is so capable. Yeah. Spider sense is tingling. Um, that's right. So what what Amazing Spider-Man 850 does is it combines the emotional impact of the Sin Eater storyline um, with the Green Goblin, which is, if if you don't know, Green Goblin is essentially Peter Parker. Like, he's essentially Spider-Man's Joker. He's yeah, his arch yeah. nemesis. Yeah, he's the one who's done the most messed up stuff to him. And, uh, For sure. The story of this book has got has brought Spider-Man to the point where he has to he has to save Norman Osborn's life. And Norman Osborn is the Green Goblin. And Spider-Man knows it. Yeah, he has to save Norman from the Sin Eater because the Sin Eater is going to come and uh and he essentially he wants to kill Norman Osborn. So he's like, "Oh, I can't, you know, Spider-Man's like I have to I have to save every life I can whether I like them or not." And my yeah. sense of responsibility means that I have to save Norman Osborn if I can. That's fair, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid superhero morality. <clears throat> so, but I, th- I think what this book does really well is it sort of combines the emotional impact of Spider-Man failed Sin Eater the first time uh, he, around. He failed him and he feels guilty about that because Peter Parker feels guilty about everything, which right. I think maybe is why I identify him with identify with him as much as I do. Um, but it it combines that that emotional impact with the emotional impact of everything the Green Goblin has ever done to him. Killed Gwen Stacy. Hmm. He killed Flash Thompson. So technically, <laughs> Spider Man killed Gwen Stacy. Yeah, but I mean, she would have been falling off that bridge. <laughs> Mad if, murderer. Yeah, she wouldn't been falling off that bridge if Green no, Goblin. No, I, I agree, and, and and it's one of those things where you can't think about it like that as a person. Yeah, but absolutely. Yet here, Peter Parker still does to this day. But um, another thing that I think is a really big strength of this book is during this whole Nick Spencer run, the other artists have been great. Um, Patrick Gleason came over from DC to do some Spider-Man stuff, and that stuff looked great. But I think this book really sings when Ryan Otley's drawing it. And this is the the lion's share of this book is drawn by Ryan Otley. So we get Spider-Man and some just real, like, classic Green Goblin. There's no... Red extra garbage or anything. Yeah, there's no like extra stuff. It's just pure classic, like Steve Ditko Green Goblin, and I'm always awesome. there for that. Absolutely. Um, Sin Eater, 
manages to steal Juggernaut's powers, so he looks like a big, creepy, fleshy-looking Juggernaut. That is I weird. I don't how, like what, that. How, how? Did you see that? Yeah, I can <laughs> see it from here. So, I mean, do you really want me to, no, just, no, to, no, to no, tell no. you what this whole story arc has been? <laughs> no, 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 later. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the this is like the fifth issue of this storyline. Eight hundred and fifty so. issues in. <laughs> That's a lot. It's, there's some really there's some really just sort of classic Spider-Man artists. Humberto Ramos did a did a really large portion of Dan Slott's run, which is a lot of issues because Dan Slott was on Spider-Man for like ten years. So I think he's a really good Spider-Man artist as well. And then it goes into a section by Mark Bagley, who, if you don't know, like he did, he did amazing. He did Ultimate Spider-Man with Brian Michael Bendis, which really, which all the modern versions of Spider-Man in the in the movies and TV have drawn on Ultimate Spider-Man. Since Amazing Spider-Man, yeah, yeah. But there's a there's a bit where where nom where. Spider-Man is trapped under some rubble <laughs> and uh, Norman Osborn has to save Spider-Man just so that they can get out of there together or so they can get out of there alive, which I thought was kind of a nice touch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Both of them don't want to be doing what they're doing right now. In this no, no. They and and there's a very mm. much a, a an odd couple sort of quality to them sort of trying to uh, survive this situation together. I just, I just, I love Spider-Man. I think this is just a really solid Spider-Man issue, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna miss out an opportunity to talk about 850 issues of Amazing Spider-Man. So. Right? Yeah. No, I, I get it completely. Yeah. Um, it's just really good. And then, sort of the back matter of this book after the main story is complete, they do three quick, um, three quick short stories, and one of them is. Written by Kurt Busick, uh, drawn okay. by Chris Machalo, and it's just sort of a real quick story that deals with the relationship between Spider-Man and J. Jonah Jameson, which I have always, I've always loved Jameson and Spider-Man. So I like that character just just because of the guy that played him in the movies, the so, original movies. Yeah, J.K. And Simmons. Yeah. yeah, and every time I, you know, sometimes you you see a. a video version of superhero and then you just sort of hear those voices jk simmons will always be j jones oh, yeah. yeah jk Forever. simmons is j jonah james i watched 21 bridges last night which is the last chadwick boseman uh-huh. released film yeah and he's the he's the he's a cop in there i can't tell you everything because it'll spoil the movie yeah, yeah, yeah but he's like the main captain and he drops f-bombs and stuff and i was like Oh yeah, oh yeah. You're like, why, is Bla- why is Black Panther swearing? <laughs> well, it was J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons was. Oh, really? and I was like, yeah. why is J. Jonah Jameson oh, cussing like this? J.K. Simmons swears on a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, it's the, just it's just funny because the um, the the director brothers that did Fargo. Uh, the uh, uh, for- Cohen brothers. The Cohen brothers. Thank they you. like they like to use uh, J.K. Simmons a lot, and he's always swearing up a storm in their movies. Dude, he's awesome in everything he does. I just I did iPhone his- math and. Eight hundred fifty. If it's one a month, that's like seventy years. So this, yeah, but so Spider Man has been monthly right now. Spider Man, nineteen sixty-two, still thirty-five years. That's there was there was a stretch there in the in the um, like late two thousands where Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man, was coming out three times a month. Stupid. Which is which was ridiculous. That's why it gets so it, go- it numbers get muddled. Yeah, it gooses <coughs> the numbers a bit, which is why characters like. Green Lantern and Wonder Woman who have been around since the 30s and 40s 
are only hitting 750 this year. And then right. Spider-Man, who's only been around since 1962, is hitting... Or 64? I think it's 62. Uh, I could be wrong. But yeah. 62. Early 60s. I thought it was 62. Yeah, early 60s. That's why Spider-Man's hitting 850 is because Marvel, frankly, has kind of goosed the numbers a little bit. And one of the interesting things that they do, too, is if they're approaching, like, an 850 or, like, let's say a 1,000, all of a sudden for a month or two, you're like, why is this book coming out every single week? They're trying to get. Yeah, there. they're trying to get. They're there. like, yeah, we're yeah, going to do this event that's a weekly event, and so we're gonna we're gonna motor through four issues in a month. I and mean, then, even if it came out in '62, that's still 58 years. That's oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing that's, Fantasy 15 was 1962. Was it? Amazing okay. Spider-Man number one didn't come out for another year. <coughs> something like that. that. Still 58 years. That's crazy, yeah. right? But anyway, so the second story in this, and Chris, I actually figured you'd be interested. In this, the second story is both written and drawn by Trad Moore, oh, who is the artist of Silver Surfer Black. Yeah, yeah nice, yeah, that's great. Yeah, He's a writer too, huh? Yeah, yeah, and it's I think and it's his uh, it's his writing comics writing debut. Okay, Amazing oh, okay. Spider-Man that makes sense. 850, which is really kind of a cool little. Uh, that's cool, huge. Cool it's little, huge for that guy. Cool little bullet point to put mm-hmm. on his resume. You know what I mean? Um, but it it gets it gets exactly as weird and bizarre <laughs> as you as it's you like would it's think like it would that be. dude did a lot of drugs and he just wants to make everybody else in the comic world go on a drug trip with him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he's like, I want to show you what I saw. Yeah. Hey, remember the LSD? Me too. <laughs> Some of it. <laughs> Some of it. And then the the third story is by Saladin Ahmed and uh, who's been writing the. The Miles Morales book recently. Yeah, it looks yeah. like that. And the Aaron, the writer is Aaron Cooter, and it's just a real quick uh, Vulture story where Vulture has been like feeding his granddaughter all these lies about Spider Man. Of course, yeah. how else do you keep somebody on your side? Yeah, but when she's been, but, but she's a character that's showed up in the in the Miles Morales book. So she sort of goes and fights Spider Man because they happen to see Spider Man while like while he's on patrol. She's like, why won't you leave my grandfather alone? She's, he's like, listen, I understand he's your grandfather, but he's also a murderer. That's so <laughs> he's yeah, also terrible. Like, sucks. Like, he is not a good dude. And so, so, it, so we know you're going to read the next one. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely um, The best it. way to approach this, in my opinion, is would somebody else who's not terribly familiar with Spider-Man yeah. think that this is a fun issue and want to read the next one? I think so. Um, it's this is sort of the called this. I think this is the story that's leading up to the, the big bad that's been hiding. That's sort of been in lurking in the background of the story. So Sin Eater isn't the main one. guy. No, he's he's a he's a stooge. He's okay. a he's a flunky. Do you know who the main guy is? His name. All we know is that his villain name is Kindred. And so he's he, the guy with the centipedes, or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's the okay. guy with the centipedes and stuff. And we know like he. He seems to have an intimate knowledge of Peter Parker's life, but we don't know who he is yet. Dude, I feel like they've been dragging this out for like a year Like almost. 49 issues, yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, zinger! Nice! <laughs> All right. <laughs> but uh, if if you're a Spider-Man fan and you haven't been reading this this um, this uh, Nick Spencer run, I, th- I think you're messing up. It's, it's, cla- it's what um, Spider-Man should be. He's really got a good grip of Peter Parker as a character and I I've really been enjoying it. Um he he's done this cool thing where he's this like obscure villain boomerang. He's he lives with that guy, right? Yeah, he's their roommates now. <laughs> That's hilarious. And, 
it's it's really funny. So and it, the the run has done a really good job of switching between these sort of humorous bits and then just real sort of emotional weight that that the, which is what a Spider-Man book should be in my opinion. Always has been. Yeah. I mean, at least the good stuff was always based in and then that's why people can can relate to Spider-Man too, you know, you're like, okay, this this isn't just a perfect world guy. You know? yeah. It's not Iron Fist where his Lear jet crashed and his parents left him billions and he has to deal with that. I mean, yeah. You know, or Batman, the same same damn thing. Well, and yeah. Spider-Man is a character. Peter Parker is, is driven by guilt. Right. He is, right. His whole reason for Uncle Ben. Because he killed his uncle and he killed his girlfriend. And, and that's killed he, that and girl yeah. in that, that book where Ned Leeds dies. <laughs> and every and decade or so, they have to introduce a new tragedy into his life to sort of renew that guilt <laughs> right, for like, Peter Parker. Oh, God, I remember. And, and right now, the tragedy <laughs> is that he uh, is he he didn't write his senior thesis, so he has to go back to college. That isn't a humorous bit of... It's so... Remember <laughs> it's hilarious. Superior, uh, the Superior Spider-Man, Spider-Man thing yeah. where Doc Ock was in his, yeah. was in his body? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> they... He published like he published papers as part of doc of Peter getting his doctorate and everything, and so so, so Doctor Octopus, who is in Peter Parker's body, yeah, writes a thesis as based Peter on Doctor Octopus's research, Work. yeah, and so now he's a plagiarizer because it yeah. wasn't Peter Parker because they're like this is clearly <laughs> the same this is clearly the same work as Otto Octavius. You've plagiarized. <laughs> oh no, yeah, that's and so <laughs> so Dr. Peter Dr. has to go back to school. To get his, so he's like this. So Spider Man has sort of reached this point where he's sort of perpetually it is like sort of ambiguous, like late twenties, early thirties. So okay, yeah, they'll de-age. I mean, they they keep it they keep it ambiguous on purpose. Yeah. So what'd you read, Chad? So speaking of emotional (laughs) points, oh, I read deceased. Dead Planet number four. Surprising no one. Right. So we've talked about this book since... This is the fourth time. Yeah, I think every time... (laughs) Ever since we started the show, every issue... We've talked about every issue, We've talked about every issue, and... (laughs) That's not true, though. There's a lot of issues. Well, and we had... uh, One of of the guests, Steve-O, he came on and he read the old trade paperback when it... (laughs) And he talked about that the following week. Yeah. <laughs> so it's because we convinced him that it was a good book, right? And and, then, and it is. It's it's a great book because what it is. Um, yeah. So you get the same ad advertisement the right on that front DC page. Book, that Rue Morgue it's magazine, DC, which yeah. is actually a really good magazine if you're into the horror scene. Now you know. It's uh, Fangoria had ended and was gone for a little while, and Rue Morgue kind of picked up that emptiness. Fangoria is back. But Rumor picked up the emptiness while Fangoria was gone. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, I had to flip to the back anyway. Um, so this is written by Tom Taylor. Uh, pencils by Trevor uh, Harrison. Inks by Gigi Baldassani. And colors by Rain Biredo. I'm not really good letters with... Letters pron- by Clayton Cowles. <laughs> Clayton Cowles? No. Letters by Seda <laughs> Tamafantin. So that's, that's a joke because Clayton Cowles does almost everything. Right. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really bad with... I'm really bad with people's pronunciate, pronunciation of their names, but I try my best. To, we got that. So I do want to just uh, say, hey, Tom, if you're out there listening. Hi. Um, <laughs> hi. He's like, he's Hi. responded to me a couple times on Twitter now. Oh, nice. And I'm like, 
Uh-huh. Tom Taylor's talking to me. Yeah, that's yeah. great though. I mean, He's that's, from that's Australia. That's the world we live in, man. He is like, from we're, Australia. We're super people that we. Yeah, you meet your you can yeah. Yeah. talk to them. Yeah, you just be careful with meeting your heroes. That's it. Fair enough. So they uh, suck most of the time. <laughs> right. I met Susie. Sue was Susie in the Banshees, and she was amazing. Nice. Oh God, she was an amazing woman. I'm so happy I met her. All right then. That could take me off on a tangent. The, anyway, um, <laughs> I've just I've met a lot of people, and some of them are cool, some of them aren't. Um, so, the basic idea behind Deceased, um, you see how it's DC Comics, but they play on words. Yeah, it's clever. Mm. Uh, so because the the people in here, it's like it's a zombie story, um, and so even people like Superman and Batman have become zombies Straight and dead. are dead. They're gone. So in this book by this time. So there's going to be I'm I'm doing heavy spoilers in this one you guys. So if you don't want heavy spoilers in this one, turn away. But whatever. Oh man. <laughs> Lost our guest. He just throws the headphones down and walks out. So the so Superman's son, Jonathan Kent, take took over for John or took over for Superman. Um and is it Damian Wayne's? Yeah, Damian Wayne took over. Take over for Batman. So, so Damon Wayans? No, exactly. Damon I was Wayans, just about yeah. to say it. Damon Wayans. Damon uh, Wayans. Perfect. Know, of In Living Color. Yeah, perfect for Batman. Is Batman's kid. Right. <laughs> so, um, and I'm trying to, is Wonder Woman still Wonder Woman or is that a replacement? That's, 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 that's uh, Cassie, uh, shoot, what's her That's right, because Wonder Woman died too. Oh, I thought she yeah, was Yeah, Wonder Woman was like the big, like the she was scary, a big threat. Big scary zombie that they dealt with in the first issue. I think right. I'm thinking of uh, the other book that's... Oh, the dark Death Metal, where she's still alive and she's in the pit. Okay. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So I'm I, confused. They didn't... Wrong. They don't D- call... Different alternate future of the DC universe. Exactly. <laughs> uh, they, they don't call any of the characters in the book by their secondary names. So it's just... It is Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, even though it's it's not the original ones because they They're took over siblings their... siblings or whatever. It's kind of yeah. like that their Marvel Now stuff and, where yeah. it wasn't Bruce Banner, it was Amadeus Cho. Right. Yeah. But so, this is different. So um, as the story has gone along, I think this is like the third iteration of it. They've found that there is a cure for this zombie thing. But the, these superheroes have been like killing is zombies. It, is it Oops. CBD? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's it's, I bet it's it half is. CBD it's, and half sativa. Yeah. Right. That's all oh, it is. Geez. This, it's, rub a little of that on your elbow and you'll be fine. Right. Don't worry. You'll, you'll, the hunger will go away. Put some Windex <laughs> on it. So <laughs> rub some dirt, <laughs> some Windex, a little bit of bleach. So they've got Mr. Oh, Miracle. So he's he's one of the um, they need him in order for this plan to get Cyborg because Cyborg is the one with the cure for this this illness. Um, what is it? It's called the anti life equation. Equation, yeah. So he's the cure. So dark side's always after. And they're trying to get him in a situation with mm, what's this guy's name? Megatron. Megatron? Uh, that's that's what we're we talking about. Yeah, Mega, oh, Metron. 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 Yeah, that's why I kept saying Metron's the, the bad guy in Transformers. He's like the he's like the new god of like knowledge, and his the chair he sits in is this like living computer that has like the sum of knowledge. So bring the universe. Perfect. Yeah. See, so like I like comic books and I'm into them, but I don't have that the knowledge, knowledge like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I read a lot of comics, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah yeah. I don't yet, but <laughs> I'm not opposed to it. Nice. So you nerd out on your own nerd stuff. Here it is. You know? So yeah, there's, yeah. Um, they're they're about to leave on this mission, and basically they're taking Mr. Miracle where he needs to go, 
and they need only people that can survive in space. And so like Batman's staying behind, he can't survive in space. And there's this, there's this touching moment where he's telling Wonder Woman and Superman, he said, Hey, both of you come back. And I do mean both of you. If just one of you comes back, I've undergone enough therapy to know I'll misplace my anger by directing it at the survivor. Oh, wow. And it was like, so she was like, there's something so hot about emotionally aware Batman. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right. He doesn't just suppress it and take it out. Yeah. Of right. Bad guys. He takes it out of him. He doesn't just go, hmm, whatever. <laughs> and and then when something. one yeah. of them survives, he's angry at the other one. <laughs> and then so it beats was, the living shit out of the Joker or whatever. Right. So there's these touching moments throughout this whole entire series that Tom Taylor has been doing. And that's what keeps me coming back to this book. I'm not a big zombie guy. I don't like zombie stories, but this story has me hook, line and sinker. As long as he's writing it and it's coming out, I'm oh, going to read his it. baby. There's no, and I then mean, there might be an offshoot, but so far. No. So with a book like this, where you're reading Batman and Wonder Woman and, and then and Snickers. Yeah. So far, every bit of DC's content has been written by him. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that so confused me. Like I say, when I was reading this, I was like, oh, but then Snickers. Like, right, you're like, I don't understand. I, like I, I said this already, confused. but I, I hate those ads. It's, That's however, how it used to be with Thrasher Magazine. When, like, when they would have an ad that wasn't skateboarding, I'd be like, freaking sell that. Like, I'd be all mad. But I understand now that they have to do that to freaking commercial in my Thrasher. still have a magazine. So. But I think Weird. it's, for, yeah. for this, I think what the issue is, is you're, you're confusing the story for a second, and then it's like, oh god, I want to get it back to it. Shouldn't look look so much like the but, book you're but reading. But it's it's yeah. absolutely doing exactly what it's supposed to. I know. Which is, it makes you read. It's it going to make me not eat a Snickers. But it makes you read. Like, it, and then no, you, the Snickers is still there, yeah. and then and the seed is planted, and you're not yeah, yourself if you're still hungry. Still eat one of those goddamn <laughs> things. So uh, so we do so we move forward in the story. Uh, they do they go ahead and leave, and I don't know who, uh, what character is this guy. That is Orion. He oh, sorry, is Darkseid's son. Orion was, is Darkseid's son? Who was raised on New Genesis. Okay. So back in like the history of uh, Apocalypse and New Genesis, they, they've always been at war because they're, they're, they're two sides of the same coin. They're, there's Apocalypse that's like the evil side and New, and New Genesis is the good side. They've been at war. And so they brokered this peace where Highfather, who is in this issue... Yep. And Darkseid would trade sons to be raised on. So okay, gotcha. Orion is Darkseid's son who was raised on New Genesis. And Mr. Miracle is High Father's son, son who was raised on Apocalypse. Okay. So that's what's, again, these these points in the story where where Orion starts punching Mr. Miracle. Orion's a big jerk. Like, he sucks. And so <laughs> Everybody he just. Everybody hates him. He gets, he stands back up. He punches him again, and he tells him, he tells Mr. Miracle, stand. He, he gets back up, and he punches him, right? That's sort of my one complaint about this book, is he ripped that off from Mr. Miracle from the, the Tom King series. Oh, did he? It's because their names yeah. are Tom. Yeah, they're always stealing stuff from each other. Actually, they have sort of this running joke on Twitter that people are always tweeting at one of them, thinking it's the other one. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and so... <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they both have mustaches like Tom Selleck, but <laughs> So... Superman, and it's a new Superman, um, he's had enough of it, and he punches Orion. Ouch. And Orion like, stays there's down. There's a little detail to that that I thought was kind of cool. You talking about this up here? Yeah, the... Uh, the theory? The theory, yeah. Yeah, so, go for it, man. It's like, bat- so Damien, he's like, Damien always sort of theorized that because of the 
the unique physiology that Jonathan has because he's half human and half Kryptonian. Yeah. That like that he might actually be stronger than his father. And so he, he just <laughs> punches Orion like full on and uh, it, it calms Orion down. <laughs> yeah. He he's lives. like, and as yeah, usual, he he's a God. The know? theory is correct. Yeah, but still. <laughs> uh, and then we move on as we move on. Uh, that's where high fi- high father comes in. Yeah. And again, this is one of those, again, one of those uh, Im- important emotional scenes that people can identify with and I can identify with personally, but uh, the high father, let me get my notes. Um, so there's a, there's a moment where high father and Mr. Miracle are talking about abandonment. And so that makes sense. I don't know all that history. And now the emotional weight is there. (laughs) Well, the emotional weight is there, but they're also talking about Mr. Miracle's son because big Bart is gone. Yeah. And he's left his son safe with high father and he's left. And so they're, they're having a conversation about what's right and what's wrong. You need to figure it out because you know how this ends. If you do, if you keep going the way you're going, um, which I, I really liked. I liked that a lot. So they eventually get met Metatron Metron Metron. You're adding like six syllables. Metatron. <laughs> Being dyslexic is really hard reading comic books. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> no doubt. So, uh, so he shows up, they finally convince him to let cyborg sit in this chair that gives you all that knowledge that the you were mo- talking about. The Mobius chair. Yeah. And I told you this is spoiler heavy. So he figures out what he needs to figure out. Everybody leaves. Is it 42? 42. That's the answer. The answer. Yeah, yes. you got well, it. The life, the universe, and everything. <laughs> so the guy, the, the, so before he leaves, they, they trade off. He's allowed to look into the future. So he gets off of his chair to let Cyborg sit there to get the information. He's looking into, the, into this crystal ball so he can see into the future, and he's like, okay, cool. You guys are done. I got to go. Well, he he peels out of there because he got to see the future, and he's like, "I know the future now, and I need no, I I need to be somewhere else than here." And so he he grabs his chair and takes off. Right, exactly, and so which uh, was kind of ominous. So he leaves, and everybody leaves because because of the ominousness of it. They were like, he just looked into the future and said, "I need to not be here." <laughs> Oops. So what what ends up happening is um, this like meteoroid planet thing here starts breaking up so like in the first issue of the first series yeah um apocalypse is infected with the he's like the yeah maybe the first one who's affected no um well yeah i guess he is i think he's like the first one who's infected and he jumps into the core of apocalypse and destroys it and so there's this like molten core of apocalypse that's just floating through space now okay and uh and so that that's what that's what that is. That's what explodes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, it says Darkseid isn't. And this is a character named Darkseid. And in the... In, I love Darkseid. In a different, <laughs> different books... Anymore. Well, in different books, it was Darkseid is. Yeah. Darkseid is. That was the whole thing it's about like Mr. Universal Miracle. universal truth that Darkseid is. And so now in this book, Darkseid isn't. He's essentially... He's a zombie. And he's one of these super powerful things so he's it's the biggest baddie in the dc universe basically yeah, yeah. so it's it's Created taken a turn Lee. for the seriousness as as that thing has well, become and he, undead and he shows up on new genesis right yeah 
So that's where Mr. Miracle had left his kid and all that. So stuff. the cliffhanger basically is Cy- Cyborg f- saw the future and Dark Side is his Cy- Cyborg Cyborg learns what he needs to do to for the cure. C- Cyborg figures the out cure. the cure. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, but in an, in an exchange, Metron got to look into the future using Madame Xanadu's crystal ball, and so he got to he got to look in the future, and that's when he was like. Oh, I know the future now, and I need to not be here. So he takes off. Right, right. And then the th- that bit opens up, and Darkseid is freed, and then he shows up on New and, Genesis. And he isn't. Cliffhanger. And Darkseid isn't. Yeah. So we know you're going to read the next one. Absolutely. We've, we've talked about it a few times. Yeah. Um, how would you entice somebody to continue reading this book, or somebody that's not familiar with it? So if somebody's not familiar with it, I think that, I think you have the basics on even if you don't understand, you know, the kids are Superman and Batman now and all that stuff. If that even if that's a so little the characters confusing. are familiar, even though they're not correct. <clears throat> so you have that familiarity, you know, Superman and Batman, yeah, no, and Wonder Woman. No matter how much or how little you're into that world, everybody knows those characters. And I would just I would touch on those those humanity points because there are so many superhero stories that you read that are so. They're good. They can be good, but they're so far out there in the realm of reality that it's just like superheroes punching things. This is this is deep down into the core of relationships, and so it's how how they survive this this. Uh, uh, I don't know. Equate it to COVID, maybe this thing as uh, that's infecting people that they Zombies, can't get away yeah. from, and how some of them have to actually go and fight it, and some of them can't and so that's what i sell people on is tom taylor does a really really good job at selling you humanity so i think that's a great analogy of it you know it's he's his emotional outpouring so to speak um within the comic books and who knows if this is anything like sometimes writers can use this as therapy you know like it right what was the name of the moon knight writer who wrote who also had who is it? Max Bemis, Max Bemis yeah. yeah, Bemis. Uh, that guy actually has uh, multiple personality right? disorder. Yeah. Oh, does he? <clears throat> yeah, he, and uh, that's he why he's not in. Mo- yeah, he's not writing anymore because it's too much. But he was able to use the Moon Knight character, writing the Moon Knight character, as therapy for his own issues. Interesting. And so, you know, I don't know Tom Taylor's background or anything, but right. he has so much of it in there. I, I get that out of him as far as you know. This guy's got some baggage and and he's able to really deal with it through the comic books in an amazing way hey tom if you're listening i just want to tell you i feel you bro i feel <laughs> you <laughs> i also have have accidentally put a, a virus out into the world that yeah. uh, has killed everybody yeah. and i found that's out cure for the co- not the covid uh, I'm not sure so if we fi- want to talk about oh, the virus you're spreading the out. Syphilis. That's <laughs> <laughs> the civ. Wow. Okay. We yeah. were talking Let's about that band civ earlier today. Oddly enough. So cool. That's that's a great yeah. review. Uh, what yeah. did we all read? So we uh, all read American Vampires, nineteen seventy six. The year I was Boom. born. Boom. Oh. oh really? Seventy four. I got you by two. You are a little bit older. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> and, and I'm sure we're both war. feeling it. Doing, I'm yeah, sure yeah, we're yeah, both feeling it. I feel like are they, they going to do American professional vampire. athlete? Yeah, you're, you I feel were like feeling I'm seventy. It. Are they going to do American Vampire in nineteen eighty nine? If this book is successful, you never know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I feel the need to give a little background on American Vampire. 
Um, I agree. Okay. Why don't you hit us with that? So, American Vampire is the series that Scott Snyder has been writing, and Raphael Albuquerque has been drawing. And he kind of cut his teeth on this book, right? Yeah, this is sort of one of the things that that made Scott Snyder a a big deal, was because before Scott Snyder was writing Batman, he was a horror. He did horror comics. That was what he was known for. And uh, this series he was doing for... Vertigo previously, I believe, mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. Vertigo ceased to exist. This is one of the few books that where they they guaranteed this book would continue on the new black label. They yeah. guaranteed it. They were like, American Vampire is coming back. Well, it Scott, won't be in Vertigo. It'll be in yeah. Well, yeah. Scott Snyder has got such cachet at DC at this point that he, he might like as well a, be editor in chief. Who's I mean, Raphael yeah. Albuquerque? I he's this guy. He's who's got a really artist. cool last name. Yeah, he's an artist from Spain who. It's been working all working with Scott Snyder. Why is he using our shit? (laughs) Yeah, why is he (laughs) repping birthday homes? First thing I saw when I opened it, I was like Raphael. I was like, that's interesting. Like, no, uh, no relation. Islands book. Yeah, no relation. Because the people who were naming things in New Mexico definitely didn't come from Spain originally or anything. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but this book has been going on for a bit, and he took a pretty long hiatus on it. And it's yeah, been yeah. 2016, it's, I think. Was the last it's time. been done in a series of of minis of miniseries that mm-hmm. have jumped by a decade, I think, in each one because the main character is a vampire. So it, it originally took place in the old west, like 1800s. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and so that's the that's the history of this. Is this main character has been the main character the whole time, and it's sort of followed him through his immortal life. But now he's mortal. Uh, right, yeah, and they didn't really yeah, explain and that, that in and this that book. Seemed, my guess is that 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 sort of took place in the la- at the end of the last right series. And what's weird is uh, you know Scott Snyder did the first few runs, but there's been other writers involved in side story stuff. Yeah, because okay. he sort of created a, he sort of created a little mini universe in this American Vampire, which is cool. Thing. Um, so that's that's sort of the history of this, and that's why. Uh, and I don't think any of us had any re- had read any American Vampire previous to this. Yeah, no, I Not was definitely uh, me included. Oh, yeah. really? No, <laughs> uh, really? I thought this is the one, one I missed. It's oh. the one I missed. Oh, dang. <laughs> well, what do you think about it? Just getting past the ads in the beginning, like it was weird. I was like, oh wow, comic books with ads. Um, then he's riding a motorcycle. He's doing like a. A cool knack knack over here. Yeah, or it's like almost. A gap. <laughs> I thought he was about to go into a Superman. And then, like, yeah, right away I read it, and the world hates us. The president turned out to be a criminal. The economy's in the shitter. China's gaining on us. Russia's handing us our balls. And I was like, it's <laughs> almost like it was. Like, Wait a second. I'm all. <laughs> then that's why I was like, this must be a recent book. Yeah, like, yeah I didn't, absolutely. So yeah, the funny thing you mentioned that I read that, and I so the very first page, it actually. Uh, it 1776 1741 or 1741 yeah and so i i turned back to the cover and i was like okay no 1976 and then when i read that one that you just said i went back to the cover you're like oh yeah no 1976 2020 oh wait, yeah I, I was like what the hell is going confused. on confused yeah well <laughs> so remember that's the era of nixon, nixon N- carter correct right. yeah. gas shortage you know like shit was fucked up in america then sounds right. familiar and that's that's what's funny about that <laughs> it's absolutely a parallel to what weird. we are experiencing right yeah, now 100 percent 100 percent 110 104 percent 104 which, stars which kind of feeds my theory about what will happen if joe biden wins but anyway go ahead oh man no, and I just, uh, I like motorcycles and stuff. I'm like, cool, he's freaking, 
he's doing tricks. He's he's talking shit about the president. He's uh, <laughs> he's shooting stuff. I like guns. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. You can be not conservative Violent. and still like guns. Yep. Yes. I yes, had a bunch. Sure. I have a bunch of guns. Tons of um, guns. And then I got confused because Snickers was in there. Um, <laughs> but it was great. I read this while I was um, knocking out. So knocking out when you're brewing is when you're going from, you go to a boil, add hops, do all that stuff. Uh, whirlpool. Then you uh, knock out is what you, you cool the beer and put it in the fermenter and put yeast in it. So that was the first time I had today to read it and it got dropped off last night. So I was like, oh, cool. And then I was like, Snickers. The hell Snickers. Snickers really the satisfies me. Yeah. Halloween's still going on because superheroes saved yes, all of us. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. they save us. I, I didn't read the ad, so I don't well, know. It's been in the last I, I didn't know I was reading an ad. It's like you read the whole thing. Yeah. It's been like, in every DC it. comic for like a year. Right. Yeah. I, just, yeah. I didn't realize I was reading an ad. I was like, because it went from. We forgive you. Well, no, it went from 1741 to. I like thought, it was already jumping. I thought now, time. yeah, seventeen seventy six, but yeah. Well, I thought now because it, it certainly feels about, yeah. like it the president because of it didn't the dichotomy the of the presidents and all that. Yeah, yeah. and then it's Alaskan yeah. coast, and then I was like, oh, Pennsylvania. And what what like are they doing there? Right. It feels like they're definitely leaning into the, the thematic. Apparently, they're eating Snickers. They are talking smack about the current uh, government. They were, yeah, I think that talking smack about the current government. I think so. They were absolutely guaranteed. But I then, loved that scene with uh, with the the guy from the monster hunting agency teaming up, like going to talk to the vampire hunter. I have yeah. no background in any of this, but I thought it was cool because he's like, dude, I'm just a DJ. And then he's like, <laughs> lights up these vampires. And <laughs> yeah, then, totally. It's like with your lasers. Yeah. And then the thing goes bad and he's like, don't worry, I put it in the floor. And he's freaking. <laughs> it, it was awesome. Uh, yeah, it's a good. That's the that's the shiny moment of the book. I also yeah, like. Yeah. I also like that scene because the because you kind of get the idea that he's like, oh, whatever. I'm not going to do. It. I don't want anything to do. No, with he's this. like, I, yeah, I'm and done. Then he's like, and then he's all. He's like, now that I'm done here, yeah, let's go get started. Yeah, yeah. yeah he puts off the vibe that oh yeah, I'm not a monster vampire hunter anymore. I'm a DJ, and then it yeah. turns out it's he's, like, gonna... he's just wrecking a whole bunch of vampires who are in the disco. And if you're not familiar with disco and how disco is received, especially in the old. Uh, the 70s rock and roll was way anti-disco you know they were like this disco garbage is trying to infringe on what we've built and what we've done and so disco has been like the redhead stepchild of music by rock and rollers for a long time and that's it's it's just hitting on that that i figured i'd bring it up there you go (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. i think they're hitting on a lot of current events in this guaranteed making it back then i mean just with the the bald racist dudes talking crap about Mexicans and yeah. shit like that. Yeah. And then then they come to his house and try to rough him up for the money. And <laughs> and they regret it, that, yeah? And then his friend that I don't know, because well, I don't know any backstory, yeah. like shows up and that's his like ex. she has some... This is ex? Yeah. She's got some that's long fingernails and cuts heads now. off. <laughs> Pretty yeah. sweet, right? Yeah. That's a great scene, too. He's about to die. Yeah, because he's you know? like, I'm... He's mortal, he's mortal not, now, and he's like, whatever. He, and I think he, he kind of wants to die. Yeah, he. it seems like he's kind of hoping they succeed. Yeah. The whole narrative is him trying to decide, do I want to finally end this, or do I want to continue on? Yeah. And at that, at first, you don't realize that he's mortal now, unless you read the other books. No, no, sure. I just kind of gathered it from right. that he's got to keep making this shot so that... I don't understand that, though. Like, when he's like, I, I'm shooting the, the target... 
And then what happens? The spikes disappear. They or don't. They, I they think do they not. just fall away, or yeah, right. You're uh, like, oh, yeah. oh, but the the ramp is above the spikes. So if he clears the jump, he doesn't have to worry about the spikes anyway. I, he, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> that that whole scene kind of gave me a uh, Ghost Rider vibe. If you watch the right. first yes. Ghost, yeah. Ghost Rider movie, you're yes. Like, oh, okay. Cool. This is. I this definitely is got the same vibe. I mean, I didn't <laughs> see the movie, but I know Ghost Rider. Uh, the first yeah. Ghost Rider isn't good. But it's fun. It's yeah, it's it's fun. The second <laughs> one is straight garbage. I never saw it. Oh my anyway. god, dude! I tried. I did. <laughs> I did. I watched the whole thing, and it's terrible. And I don't know who this guy is, but so that was yeah, Jim Book. Jim Book. Yeah, I'm so guessing so that's he a... is in the original series that happened takes place in the old west. So okay, that's why that's a cliffhanger. He must be a vampire as well, a... I imagine. No, absolutely. Yeah. So this whole book is uh, let's get the old gang back together. That's what this whole book is about. At okay. least the first one. Let's get the old gang back together, and then we're going to do a heist. And that's yeah, 100%. Get... It's a gang back together heist trope. Yeah, we're going to rob a train. Right. So what right. issue is this? That's number one. Number, number one. one. Oh, is it number but one? But keep in mind, it's the fifth volume. Okay. Yeah, they so, do, they've done a series of miniseries, and each one is another like decade out of this main character's life. And okay, most of basically. the runs last about two years. Um, started in 2010. And then like 2014 and then 2016 was the most recent one. That's as, as recent as that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But I've, but it wasn't written by, uh, by, Scott, oh, by Snyder. Scott Snyder. It was written by somebody else. Gotcha. So Palmer, what, what are your overall feelings of the book? No, I thought it was pretty cool. Like I wish I kind of knew more what was going on, but... Um, we're all in that same boat. Yeah, we, like, Sans all of us the were Snickers young. commercial. I thought it was entertaining. <laughs> like, I, no, that makes sense. Yeah. I, that's what we talk about is when you put something into a comic book, a medium like this, that takes you out of the story, you're out of the story and you have to... I didn't know I rid- was is the problem. Like, I sh- And I should have looked at it as a freaking Snickers ad because like, it looks like... Now that I know now what it is, yeah. I'm all, oh, that's some crap. But don't don't beat yourself up over that because you're not the first person who's brought no, just that like, exact moment. Well, they're in Pennsylvania now. I wonder what's going on there. And I was like, oh, they're eating Snickers and I love that full size bars. God damn it! Why yeah. do they need to be in Pennsylvania for the ad? Yeah, like I don't, I don't know. know, but uh, the birthplace of America, except for Virginia. I don't know, except for Virginia. Hershey, maybe Hershey, Pennsylvania. Maybe I don't know. Snickers? It was just yeah. No, yeah. oh, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, I nice. can get there. But no, I thought it was good. I thought the art was good. So here's here's how I'm sort of uh, evaluating this. Not only like am I interested in reading the next issue, but having sort of jumped into the middle like this, like does it make me interested in going back to check out the rest of it? Um, how how do you think? Do you feel like maybe you want to go check out the rest of it or? Be nice to know what's going on. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. and uh, does it does it seem like a story that you would want to read from the beginning? Yeah, for sure. And if I could buy it in the graphic novel, yeah, type yeah. of thing, I would think that'd be I know that'd be the got, way to do it. Yeah, some on the we show, do. But yeah, yeah. So here's what's we'll important about look. American Maybe Vampire. be able to hook you up. Uh, and I'm gonna make a tw- uh, I'm gonna make a reference to Twilight. And forgive me. Okay. But Twilight changed the vampire game. Um. And it wasn't necessarily for a good reason. Yeah. But they changed the vampire game. American Vampire also followed in those footsteps in 2010. The American Vampire is a different type of vampire than your typical 
wooden stake, has to come out at night kind of stuff. The American vampire can go out during the day, and he's more strong, and he's more powerful, and he's just a better vampire. And he he does mention that he's like the first of a new species of vampire. Right, exactly. And they don't explain that in this book, and they may explain it in the first one, but I don't really know. I'm sure it's part of the first book. So does anybody know when Twilight number one came out? Uh, I the, hope not. The book or the, the movie? The book? Well, the book, sure, yeah. The book, I mean, I, it's definitely... I, I want to say late, like mid to late 2000s. Okay. Because I feel like I was complaining about it in an IHOP in like <laughs> 2008 or something. Lost Boys the, the last vampire is, movie I saw. Is, is, that's a good one. That's, that, that's but, all you need. Yeah. Is this book trying to rebuttal against Twilight? You know, they're like, okay, we're, we're, we're reinventing vampires. The American vampire, is it rebuttaling against Twilight or was it pre-Twilight and Twilight was kind of like no, I don't the know. crappy version of American vampire? You know what I'm saying? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I either. think and Angel just, made vampires nice. Again. Angel? Well, Buffy's Angel. vampire. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. I was making yeah. sure that I was on the same page. Yeah, that's hilarious. My wife yeah. watches Buffy. Right the on. movie's great. But no, I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen Buffy, the series. Dude, Paul Rubin Buffy has in the movie. hardcore fans. Like, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not it's not horrible. Like I watch it with her, and it's not like you're not like oh my no. god, when is this over? It's no, just no, like, yeah, this is fun. So Joss Whedon is the producer, writer, director, I think, of all that Creator, on, of yeah. Buffy, and he eventually goes and does the Avengers movies, which are really popular. Okay, yeah, for sure. And he wrote an X Men uh, run called Astonishing X Men, yep. and people love that book. So you know, he has a lot of fanfare, and Buffy's a good show. No, it was. I mean, but my wife watched it, and I watch it with her. So it has that CW feel. In fact, I almost yeah. think it kind of invented that CW feel. Yeah, where, it was definitely it was like on a teenage angst, kind of young adults. I mean, it aired on WB, so right makes sense. Totally. Which is what sort of morphed into the CW. It later. absolutely did. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring Buffy into this, but no, it's okay. right. talking it's, about Twilight. It's, it's all right. Yeah, yeah he brought yeah. in Twilight. So if we're gonna it's scold anybody, yeah. Yeah. I think it's weird that. Uh, Patterson was a vampire, and now he's playing a not vampire vampire. He's playing Batman. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> it. I don't know if "weird" is the right word. Coincidental, Coincidental? Yeah. serendipity. Serendip- Probably serendipity, because I mean, he's got a fan following. Right, right. He's got that pouty look. Well, so. I certainly hope that you know this new Batman movie is actually very good. He's I, he's on record for being like, I hated doing Twilight. But it made me all the money I'll but, ever yeah. need. But I'm yeah. rich, so yeah. now, exactly. so now I can do the things I want to do, no matter how big. Sometimes or small you gotta sell are. out to 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 be able to so do the things you want. Batman's to do. not gonna make him rich. I mean, well, it's definitely gonna help. <laughs> He's rich, and he'll be richer. Yeah, and you guarantee that this will be a trilogy. I love that trailer <laughs> that they put out for that movie. Dude, the car looks great. The uh, the way he fights looks great. Yeah, I love the 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 bit the, the, that bit where he beats the shit out. Right, of right, guy. right. It just did you see his bat symbol? That's so apparently the bat symbol is I hate the, it. the the gun that killed his parents. It's the pistol yeah. grip folded out to look like a bat. Oh, I thought it was like a batarang because it looks like it it pops out and you can use it yeah. as a weapon. Which it's supposed to be which the, is not without precedent in Batman movies. Yeah, no, it should be. I mean, look, was it Batman? And, was it Batman toys? and Robin where he pulls a batarang out of his chest? I don't know. Maybe. Th- yeah. Uh, but is yeah, that that's the Grant Morrison runner. So that's no, what that symbol is supposed movie. to be. Oh, oh yeah. shit! <laughs> With the <laughs> bat nipples. Yeah. God. God, that was one of the worst films ever that I loved. 
<laughs> Bat nipples. Well, in yeah. Batman Forever, which is Joel Schumacher's, there's Batman 1989, Tim Burton. There's Batman Returns, Tim Burton, and then Joel Schumacher took it over. Same, same world, but different actor, different director, and they kind of put nipples in the bat suit in Batman Forever. Well, then, even though people complained about it, they're like. They full like, blown, yeah. They like double bat down. nipples, yeah. yeah double down, like let's huge nipple Batman on the suit. He Stupid. took he took everything that people complained about for the for Batman Forever and just doubled down on all of it. Like the it, stupid alley fight with neon lights. Oh my god! Yeah, like, it's what? like black light chains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so I think he was trying to get kind of back to the 1966 <laughs> Batman where with that campy feel, right. but he was also keeping the Tim Burton darkness at the same time. Just and didn't mix they, right. Well, those things don't really go together. There's too many things going on, man. I mean, like it's if you think not, about the plot points of that movie, it's you got not getting peanut butter and chocolate. Alfred's dying. You've got Poison Ivy, Bane, uh, Mister Freeze. You know, ruined him, Bane. Batman and Robin are not getting along. There's six different plot points in a two-hour, less than two-hour movie. Total disaster. Yeah. Um, yeah speaking of nipples, uh, my wife owns Evolution body piercing. Oh, really? So if anybody okay. wants her nipples pierced. <laughs> Head Wait, over there really? and get your nipples pierced. How yeah, long Crystal Sims. Really? Oh wow, that's excellent. I've, I've yeah, so I've you, kind I'm, of known her for decades. She's awesome. Cool. Yeah, I doubt she'll know who I am, but tell her. So, so if she wants to, if you want to get any holes poked in your body, I'm a tattoo guy. I, to I do all my own piercings, <laughs> so you know, and I don't like them. Anymore. I'm trying to be like, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> right? <laughs> Did you do it once? Yeah, I did twice. Twice. Same day. Yeah. Perfect. Oh. You got to do it the same day. Like fucking, wait, 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 it was wait, wait, so much rip pain. Rip that bandaid off and oh. so do it. So you have yeah. two piercings in each one. Is that what you're saying? No, I, I have one in each. Oh, okay. I'll and and his belly button, probably. I'd never do that in a million years. Has she owned it the whole time? Yeah. Been her? her and Sean started uh, 22 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, I remember. Yeah. That's nice. That's if you want to awesome. go get a piercing, now you know where to go get it. Evolution's great. Always been uh, the gold standard in piercing in Albuquerque. By absolutely. far, for sure. Yeah, they're good people. So one of the things about American Vampire in 1976 that I, I was getting confused and it makes a whole lot more sense now is you were, you're talking about there's all these characters that they're bringing back. They're bringing the team back together. Right. I was like, they just keep introducing people and I have no idea who you are. That's Stop. kind of the, Yeah. But this book, you definitely need some history. Okay. So this, and that's the problem with like doing stuff like this and making it a number one. Because you're like, it's not. It's it. You have to know the rest of the story. This is this is geared towards readers that are already familiar with the book, right? And honestly, I liked this book for the most part, but that's sort of my one complaint: is if you're gonna put a number one on the cover, you gotta do a little bit of back to background work. They put least. a number one, but they also put this subtitle: "It's American Vampire, 1976." Yeah, which tells I didn't you know there was more. I just so, figured yeah, it was I, get, I got you. What's the reason they do new number ones? It's to provide a jumping on point, right? Right, exactly. So I feel like as a <coughs> jumping on point, this wasn't necessarily super successful. They could have spent a little more time with the each character that they were reintroducing. Yeah. I mean, they really expect you to know who the hell these people are. Yeah. 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 I mean, that being said, I mean, so for me... I'm a I'm a no on a number two just because of that because there is so much backstory back history that I just I can't I just can't now do pretends it. that this is Blade, right? And the other characters are 
I don't know people all, that are in Blade all those 3. other people that <laughs> hang out with Blade. <laughs> you know, it's it's Ryan Reynolds and and Jessica Biel oh, and uh, who is Chris Christopherson, right? Yep. So pretend that those characters are these people. Would you still read the book? But that's a different story. You motherfucker! <laughs> if Chris Christopherson, I'm I'm in. Right. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm making an, an, an allusion to. No, I, I I get what you're saying, but I mean that I mean that does make it a completely different story, though. I, like you're saying, because then I know a little bit of history. If I knew a little bit of history, maybe I would. And that's really my my question is: if you were already a fan of American Vampire, and you read this right. new run of American Vampire, would you say, okay, I like how it's written, I like how it's drawn. I want to be involved in the story. Would you? I don't know. That's too hard to answer. I mean, because it's it's I like you so. said five se- five series in. Yeah, uh, I think that's a little that's too hard it's to tough. answer. I, I think I think um, if I was well versed in this series, I think that cliffhanger would have been would have been a cool one. I think um, the chick with the nails showing up and saving him from those dudes. Would have had more impact, um, and I would just would have known this character better. But I will say, I do want to know more about that little albino alligator, that little baby. <laughs> this al- new pet, alligator. he was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, his his chick. I think it's funny, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, that's a little weird, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, but no, I I would. He's read probably the next made one. out with plenty of girls. Yeah. yeah, I would read the next one. I mean, anything you get into from scratch, like. There's going to be questions. There's going to yeah, be yeah no, and and answer. then I think the character characters develop over time, and you get to know who's and then yeah, they throw a little flashback in there. And you're like, oh, that's where this dude came from. Fuck it, you know. Like, there is a vampire hunting society, and that's where the 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 dude that comes to the disco to try yeah, and recruit the, dude the, guy, the afro. He's part of that. Yeah. So VMS or something they said. I don't yeah, know. VMS yeah. is what they call them. Um, yeah, VMS VMS. It's but no, I would read the next one just. Try to figure out what the, the hillbilly came in at the end. You're like, I what the hell that dude's deal is. Like, I like they, hillbillies. He's got, a mess, he's, yeah, he's got a mustache. They indicate that they have a history. And yeah, it's yeah, not for good. sure. And he's like, I'm well, on your like, side this time. So maybe they right. were not. He talked about having a, having had a gang before. I think maybe he was part of that. I think he's a vampire hunter. And remember that this guy was a vampire. Was a vampire. So, yeah, that's what it. He said, I'm on your side this time or something. So I think it was like kind of... We're, we're partners on this one. Yeah, yeah we're partners on this one. So mm-hmm. not going to kill you this time. Yeah. Once we're done, who Shit knows? Shit might change. <laughs> I'm, we'll figure it out. So I'm Wrecked. I'm interested in reading the next one. And frankly, I'm interested in going back and checking out American Vampire. Um, cool. I don't, I don't know how much exactly there is. So that's a little intimidating, but... Well, like I said, each run, a, each of the first two runs ran over two years. I think there's like 50 issues in the first one. I could okay. be completely wrong, but well, that's a the lot. second there was like 50 issues in the first one, that's and uh, almost as many in the second run, and then the rest were like minis. That's maybe a uh, wait for a, a sale to hit on Comicsology or something. Right, that's yeah. a big haul. Yeah, that's a lot of expensive backstory. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I'm interested in checking it out. Um, I might just wait till. Like, I might just do that and then just pick this up when it's in trade form or something. But this book is definitely for people who have experience in this. Yeah, yeah. I'm a... But that's what that's what's cool about, Palmer, you saying that you're interested in it. Like, for someone like me, I think I've got other stories that are seeped in just history like that, right? Yeah. And because I'm a comic book reader and I read every week, I get behind on certain things and I'm like, man, I'm already behind on books. So if I get into this, 
I start behind on it. But for new readers like you, you don't have a backlog. There's of stuff. no commitment. Like right. I don't have anything else to read. Yeah, you're right like now, I so, want to yeah. check it out. Yeah. I think that's cool. Uh, I yeah. have a ter- pretty hefty to read stack at home, and I just have to decide: do I want to add every previous volume of American Vampire to it? It's mm, no, <laughs> not, mm. not yet, not yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, cool. I like the Americana feel of this book. He's definitely got the evil can evil feel. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, the, I like the art. Uh, so I think it's okay, but I come from the the Anne Rice vampire reading world. You know, I read all the Anne Rice novels, and and so I'm kind of embedded in that type of vampire. I was definitely against Twilight and all the garbage that it spewed. Um, but I, I think that I will read the second one just to see where it goes. Um, but you, but you brought little, Twilight up earlier. Well, Again. I love Twilight. I'm I mean, I, I hate Twilight. <laughs> Hey, if you're love, if you're out there it. listening and you like Twilight, like what you like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not going to condemn you for that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not for me. What you like, if as, it makes as, you happy. When you're younger, it, we yeah. all need that right now, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we need something. Right yeah. Yeah. When you're younger, <laughs> it's all about what is happening at the time. You know, I I watched Dracula and Bram Stoker and all that stuff, but when I was when I was a young adult, I was reading the Anne Rice books, like I just said, and that was the vampires that I really associate myself with. Um, 30 Days a Night came out, and I was like, okay, this is just another vampire story. This one is a different take on a vampire, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Cool. I feel like, cause I feel like vampires are a thing that have been around for so long, and so many people have done their vampire take. It's it's kind of refreshing. Uh, when, when was the original Dracula story written? 1880s? Oh, gosh. Like I mean, if oh, you want to I think go. you're right. 1886 or something, but, maybe. But even. that's like I, the that's first the time. That's the number I had in my head, but I, I also think I might be confusing with Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And that's like the which first came out just before. Didn't they write them around the same time they had that's that That's a funny story, and we well, can and get into that, but we shouldn't write And isn't that right. just sort of the first time oh. it was like written down and formalized? And yeah, correct, yeah. Vampires. They were having a competition who, who could write the scariest story, basically. Yeah. Mary Shelley and a poet and his doctor. And it turns out the doctor is the guy, Bram Stroker. Okay. Oh, okay. So the doctor stole the story from from the poet who wrote it while Mary Shelley and these guys were that doing their wrote thing. It. And Did. then he wrote Dracula several years later. Nice. Did, didn't Spike at, in, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer become mortal for a little bit and he became a big old wuss? And then, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I hate that I know that. But <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all I right, watch man. this my wife. Welcome to Nerdville. Yeah, yeah, like he became mortal and couldn't. He oh, so he couldn't get beat tried up. Tried to bite the redhead and couldn't. He's hot. <laughs> oh, no. is, you you're saying that like you're ashamed of knowing that but there are Buffy fans who are listening to this right now who are like I totally remember that that was a really great season oh, you said the redhead you're talking about the Girl American from, Pie redhead right uh, How I Met Your Mother redhead I can't yes. remember her name yes uh, yeah. she's yeah. on uh, I think Willow was her character's name Willow right? was her character's name yeah and he's like trying to bite her and he's like <sighs> I know a lot about this show, and I've never seen a single episode. She's in. Um, she's the host for the magic show uh, Pin and Teller. Oh, you know, really? About the fullest like Vegas show or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Uh, Hannigan, Allison Hannigan. Allison Hannigan. I knew if name. I would bring that up, I'd remember it, and that's why I did. So sorry. But now <laughs> listeners know that if they go to Palmer's Brewery, they can talk to you about. <laughs> we can watch Buffy. Right, together. Yeah. Yeah. watch like, Buffy together. Hey man, I'll I want to talk to you about this one drink episode. Drink beer and watch Buffy. Doesn't sound that bad. Ways to spend uh, it, uh, yeah, it could that's be what I do at home. My <laughs> wife's watching it, and I drink beer <laughs> drink, and drink beer and watch it with her. 
You could drink beer and talk about Twilight. I mean, never well, seen it. So I watched half of the first about. one. And I was like, oh yeah, this is why I don't like this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, horrible. I tried. I tried to read the first book and I couldn't. Yeah, it was bad. I tell you what, I think I'm gonna go ahead and go home and drink a beer and watch read something Twilight. myself. Watch Buffy. I might watch Buffy. I might watch Twilight. If I watch Twilight, I'll cry myself to sleep. Keep that to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you guys have a wonderful <laughs> night. We'll see you on the next episode.